to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I listen because Rod and Karen are hot. Mm. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod. Joined as always by my co-host. Karen. We're live on a Saturday morning, meaning it's a feedback show. This is where you leave all the comments you want us to respond to and respond to all the things we said throughout the week. The official weapon of the show is... The folding chair. And the unofficial sport. Bullet ball. And bullet ball extreme. And today's show, like I said, is feedback. That means we're going to talk about the comments you left on our website, votes in the poll, if you left any voicemails, emails, all that stuff, five-star reviews if we got any. We do it all. Uh, Of course, the first people that we need to shout out, though, are the people that took the time out to give us money. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. May I have your attention? You are now listening to Charlotte's own Rod and Karen. We welcome the good folks who tithe to the Black Guy Who Tips. Today's a new day. That's right. New denominations. New renomination. Renomination. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Professor Bambi. Recurring donation. <laughs> Unbridled Love. Latricia C. Jason F. Kevin W. Kimberly the Falcons Diva, thank you. Ken M, Derek LW, Zach from Living Corporate, Lawrence C, Tanisha G, Preston Team, Dro, uh, also Slang of Ages Podcast, Dostry J, Celeste Vaughn B, uh, Deborah O, and lastly, Dostry J again. Man, he really like us. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for the recurring donations. We appreciate everybody. Uh, and, and the one-time donations. We don't care. We don't make a distinction. Thank you so much, everybody. You can always donate to the show by going to theblackoutist.com, looking on the right-hand side, and there's a button where you can just support the show with PayPal. Yep. One-time, recurring, don't matter the denomination, you get the same shout-out. You sure do. And if you go on your phone and you can't see it, turn it sideways. It'll pop right turn on Turn it up. sideways. That's what I say. You know, that thing ain't working for you. Turn it sideways. All right? <laughs> Let me stop for somebody get the Holy Ghost. All right. Um, all right. We got comments and all that stuff to get to. But first, let me check to see if we got any five-star reviews. All right. Okay. So it looks like we got uh, one new one. Yay, I'll take it. From the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Appreciate y'all is what it's called. I love a good appreciate y'all. Okay. I love. I say appreciate it all the time. You know. You got to make sure you take that A off. Uh, appreciate it, y'all. I'm slightly embarrassed that it's taken me this long to write y'all a five-star review, but I've been listening to you guys for a minute and appreciate all the work you put into entertaining and informing us. I became a premium member about a year or two ago, and I also listen to all of the other shows that are part of the Blackout Tips universe. Also, I'm one of the listeners that's contributing to your UK number. So while it's, and this is from Brazian, so while <clears throat> it says United States of America, you're listening from the UK? 
Shout out to you. Thank you. Okay, we we love the people across the pond. Yeah, we right? do. Uh, turn up, gov is what we say. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you, man. And honestly, like these five star reviews, we love getting them. Um, and it's never too late to send one, no matter how long you've been listening. Because think about this, uh, Brazian, and everybody else. You've been listening forever. You haven't f- f- sent a five star review in yet. But if you hadn't sent it in this week, we wouldn't have had any to cover. So right. it doesn't matter how long you've been listening. Do that thing. Send that thing in, man. We wanna we wanna hear from you, <clears throat> and we wanna uh, feel that that hug. It's like it's basically like giving us a hug. Yes, giving us a virtual hug. And if you've already left one, leave one again. And if you like, well, Karen, I ran out of email addresses. Y'all know y'all got husbands, wives, kids. Y'all know their email yeah. addresses. Use theirs. That you, who cares? <clears throat> Hack we, their accounts. Yes, we just want them five stars. And reviews. while you in there, look through their pictures. Maybe they've been cheating. I don't know what I your kids been either. up to. Mm-hmm. Okay, check, check their emails. Yeah, what's the, who they following on the gram? I don't. You know, get in their business. <laughs> I don't care. If your family is destroyed by leaving us a five-star review, that's just the cost of listening to the tip, to the podcast tip. <laughs> that's the cost of doing business. Uh, all right, ah! episode 2812, The Canceled Rack. We got nine comments on this feedback episode. What the hell are we talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, feedback, feedback episodes get the same description no matter what. So we talk about what y'all want to talk about. Of course, the first person to reply is... Apia. Apia says... As if I have guilt and fear about money sometimes, but I don't have... As I said, I have guilt and fear about money sometimes, but I don't have imposter syndrome, luckily. I'm very good at my job, and I've seen many people who have higher positions than me who are pretty bad at it and not especially smart and somehow don't get in trouble. I think the higher you come, the more lots of people make excuses for you. The logic behind it is this person is on in a high position. This must mean they're qualified. Maybe we just don't see the full spectrum. I don't have self-doubt about my capabilities. I'm very, really very smart. Of course, I listen to your show. And do hard, do work hard. Also, I'm funny and charming. Coworkers normally enjoy me a lot. I would want me as an employee. Oh, well, we love to see the confidence. Mm-hmm. She also writes back in to talk about her friend saga, her black friend saga. The friend saga continues. I texted her that we could, if she wants to, meet up after the 20th of December. Um, that's when I'm off work. We could go for a walk. We could bring her smaller child with her. She could bring a smaller child with her. That's a good activity, even if you don't have a babysitter. She says she is into it, and we should do it. I'm pr- pretty happy. Besides everything else, I'm pretty busy. Don't have much time for new friends. But if this person already shares my hobby and seems super cool, that's obviously great. The chance of a friendship developing here is a good one because we see each other on a regular basis in yoga and have pharmaceuticals in common as well. And the same name. Don't forget that. That's huge. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I feel like the tide is... is People are coming around to this. Mm-hmm. Now, I know this isn't everybody, but the mm-hmm. people that write into the show on a regular basis mm-hmm. that leave comments. I know a lot of people listen, and they got their arms folded, and they don't write into the show. Mm-mm. But this ain't about you. Nope. But the replies to her comment, classic R&B lover, good luck. We rooting for you. EVE, way to go, Apia. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Um, I'll be out here changing hearts and minds of the people. What? <laughs> These are some... Wow, this is amazing. Jay Full writes in, I just left my first voicemail, I think, and I have a newfound empathy for folks who get cut off. I felt like I was taking talking like an auctioneer and I barely made it in under the wire. Woo. Also, Apia has made me do a 180 on her black friend saga. I'm rooting for her like it's the Black Lorette. 
Oh, shit. What the? Even Jay Fool? One heart at a time. This makes me happy, says Apia. Wow. All right. Good luck. Man. Classic R&B lover says, my action, my answer to the poll, which is, have you noticed movie theater concessions slowing down, which is a poll inspired by our good friend Nick Jew. I saw her saying that on mm-hmm. Twitter, and I believe she even addressed it on her podcast. And she I was did. like, I was like, yes, this I've been. I never stopped going to the movies. Really, like Mm-mm. I've been going for a while. But it um, is terrible now. But it, it 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 fell off. Even if you got the AMC Stubbs thing, it fell off. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like the only time you really get good service is now that they fucked up. Not fucked up, but switched up the times to where you got to go to the movies at these weird times because they don't show them. They don't show the traditional like. Uh, at least the way we were going, mm-hmm. it was like four or five ish type movies, five o'clock. Mm-hmm. We would go to those movies and then they have a seven o'clock show and 10 o'clock. Well, right. now they have like three o'clock, no showings until seven o'clock. So we have to go to movies at weird times, like three o'clock. No one's going to those movies. Right. Then we get fast service because ain't nobody there. Right. And so you can, you can roll with a staff of three because nobody's fucking in that bitch. Yeah. Like they got to actually go get behind the counter because they was just chilling because they didn't expect nobody to show up. Right. Um, so Classic R&B Lover says, my answer to the poll, although it's not an option, is I don't know. I've been to the concession stand. Uh, I have not been to the concession stand since COVID. There's no movie I want to see badly enough to risk it. Strangely, I have been to a few restaurants when family friend functions required it. So hypocrisy, thy name is me. Yeah, I. so this is my theory. The people that say they ain't go to the movies because of COVID are lying. It's not because of COVID. And it's fine. It's because, like like you pointed out, you've done other shit. And most people have, right? And honestly, COVID is not spreading through the movie theater, for real. Like, the the places that people are actually getting COVID are places where they're crowded um, with a bunch of people who aren't wearing masks for a long, prolonged period of time. time. Right. That's not really happening in the movies that often just based on how sparse movie attendance is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the assigned seating thing. Um, it's not that it's impossible or anything, but it's just... This, we're not seeing these like remember when we were tracing all the outbreaks we weren't tracing them like oh it was the showing of black panther because it's not happening i just think you know all the reasons we said about movies and people, and convenience and streaming yeah, and all that people stuff are picking and choosing and they're blaming COVID as an excuse just to be like i don't want to go or the, or the movie theater yeah but the point my point is not just that but it's that you're the other reasons are why you're not the, the right. same reasons everybody's not going to the movies but then there's a certain group of people who are holding out being like yeah it's because of covid it's like it's not really because of covid at this point it's it's literally just you have a lot more conveniences outside of the movie theater that you that are just worth it to you it's, and that's okay yeah yeah going to a movie is not what it was before the pandemic it makes you are now thinking about it and it costs right. different and all that shit it's a bunch of shit but i doubt it's really covid because as you said you wouldn't go to the restaurant you wouldn't go meet up with family you wouldn't yeah. there's a bunch of shit you wouldn't do you get tested every time there's a thanksgiving and stuff and a lot of people ain't doing that uh, Jay Fool says someone wrote in about the movies less than less going to the movies less this year, and I just went to see Beyonce's movie here in Los Angeles. The tickets were twenty eight dollars each for the one p.m. matinee, and parking was twenty dollars. Okay, uh, first of all, that's some type of outlier. Not that I don't yeah. like. I'm like I feel like whatever movies cost before the pandemic in Los Angeles was probably higher than most of the country 
in period. Yes, they're in New York. It's some places where they their shit was like above the national average. Yeah, so I'm sure y'all saw inflation like the rest of us, right. but twenty eight dollars for a ticket and twenty dollars for parking is goddamn ridiculous at any point ever in history. <laughs> like uh, anyway, a family of four is out here near uh, is out and damn near $150 before they even get to the concession stand. Yeah, that's crazy. And I know tickets for kids sometimes cost less, but if the ticket is $28, what's a kid's ticket? 20? Like it's not like or it's 15, which is still Yeah, but yeah. yeah, the point is it's not like it's going to be $4. It's mm-hmm. going to be something crazy cuz where y'all live. Uh, if I didn't have AMC A-list, I probably wouldn't go to the movies at all. Granted, prices in L.A. are insane. Okay, so you know. And we got to pay to park at the mall. Right. That's another thing. We don't do that. But, yeah, it ain't no way the movie theater revenue going to return to pre-COVID numbers anytime soon. Yep. Too, too prohibitive in a bunch of different ways. Kristen writes in, wanted to clarify my comment about the Matt Rife situation. I 100% agree with you, Rod. You hit my point on the head, which is why I called it the simp economy. In quotes, Matt Rife is no way has ever in no way has ever presented as a feminist, but a lot of women of a certain age were throwing him a lot of credit that was not deserved in regards to feminism because, as you said, he is not as garbage as other male comics. I've been listening to you and Keith and the girl for a long time. Yes, Keith and the girl. So I never thought he was super funny like that in terms of comedians we get to hear and interact with in the podcast world. Shade. Anyway, love your stuff. Just wanted to confirm my agreement with you because he's the first thing from a feminist. Yeah, yeah, and I, 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 yeah, I just had to ask because I was like, oh, maybe I, because I'm, well, I, you know, I fully admit, not that hip to Matt Rife and and his comedy. The special was really the first prolonged thing I've seen from him. I've seen a couple clips of him going viral with crowd work. I and and I'm not even knocking the crowd work. I thought it was funny. It, like I know a lot of people kind of like shit on just the idea of like comedians putting out crowd work i I mean the algorithm is the algorithm uh you can want to be successful or you cannot want to be successful you're not getting bonus points for being like fuck it i refuse to participate okay cool then we won't see you on tiktok hopefully we'll see you in a comedy club but the um the viral clips i saw of him i did laugh I was like, oh, okay, I see what the appeal is. But I just, I thought maybe I had missed some clips where he was really being a pro, very feminist. And uh, so I had to reach out to my, you know, crack research team, JL Covan and a- Andy uh, Klein. And they be doing those research. Yeah, because they, they, they fucking, they'll pull up the clip and everything. Like Andy hit me back with like, well, maybe this clip they're thinking about, but this isn't very feminist. And I was, I was like, thank you. Um, and yeah, it was what I thought, and it's what you confirmed. He's, I think the bar is in hell for men, and his comedy to me just what the at least what I saw wasn't mean, and that's a I feel like that's a betrayal to a lot of his fans because at least online, let's call them online fans, because I don't know that those people would have gone to the comedy club for him or not. I'm not sure, but it seemed like. He had enough of a following that he was able to like go places and have people show up. So maybe those people were showing up. I don't know, but it seems like whatever was in that fucking special, at least for me, it was me. And I think when and that's what matters because for a lot of people like me, not trying to be funny, it was like whoo, because I'm not on TikTok, I'm not on that platform. Like like yeah. that, like, like that's a separate audience. And then I think the biggest thing for me is that a week after his special comes out, he's on the Jordan Peterson podcast, and the podcast is talking about cancel culture. And I'm like, 
this feels like a grift. This feels like an off-ramp. This feels like, and I don't know him, but this is how it feels to me, cowardice. Because I think the new, the cowardly way out of being a comedian now is if you can't be funny, then piss everybody off. Right. And if you can piss everybody off, then you can just decry being a victim of cancel culture and being silenced and shit. Because you couldn't think of a joke. You couldn't be funny. So this is what we got to deal with is your ass running around like, uh, they don't like, they don't like real comedy. I'm like, well, it's kind of hack. When are we going to talk about this? Black eye joke is some street joke that's been done since 1903. Uh, And my thing is, there's a lot of other comedians that are good at their job that tell motherfucking jokes. So what's your problem? Yeah, honestly, I'd rather not like you because your jokes are... Like, if I'm going to not like you, I'd rather be like, oh, the jokes aren't funny. Right. So you're really doing me a favor by trying to turn this into some cancel culture shit because I'm like, oh, you didn't take the time to write funny jokes. Okay. All right, well, I mean, other people might be mad because of the content matter. I'm just mad because you wasted my fucking time because this shit ain't funny. And it's not funny. I'll listen to it. I don't care how, honest to God, I don't really care how fucked up the joke is. If it's crafted well, you got me. Me too. Because I'll listen to some fucked up jokes and be like, that is horrendous, but ha, that shit is funny. Yeah, I'll give it up to you. Like, it, it does, I'm just, I'm not built that way of like, I'm not acknowledged. I don't agree. I'm not acknowledged. Like, no, if you found some clever fucking way, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to give it up to him. That's funny. Yes. You know, that's how my mind works. And Matt Rife didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the poll, I mean, I'm sorry. Let me check the YouTube comments, see if we got any comments on this. The canceled rack. Oh, turn the volume down. Um, yeah, Kyrie Moon says, maybe I'm late seeing the trailer uh, just now here on YouTube, but the G and Kong, Godzilla and Kong, have a rematch. I guess coming in 2024, I rushed over here to hand props to the Rod was right train, or at least to tip the hat to his forward thinking on the whole movies not making bank fiasco and how companies semi-hurt themselves with their own streaming platform, same day releases, COVID strategy going on a little too long. Great minds must also think alike. Warner has the ad for this Godzilla Kong mashup saying it will be in the theater only release to be determined if they stand fast with this or cave and allow HBO Max same day stream as well. Sounds like for their own good, they need to at least attempt what they used to do pre-COVID with a stream release uh, a few weeks after the theater. Then the hard copies follow a few weeks after that. Man, if we even doing hard copies anymore. Yeah, little shit. Best Buy, like we had Best Buy and Walmart not selling. Yeah, and not trying funny, those are like some of the largest like physical store distributors in the country, just about. Yeah, you can find them at other places, but you know, in most cities, some big, some small, you're gonna have a at least a Walmart, even if you don't have a Best Buy in your city. And so when these places don't have it for people that uh might not uh shop online and buy their shit through Amazon like what else is there and when they do this a lot of times they make the physical copies where you can't even get the shits through amazon so what do you do when you can't go to the store nor can you get it online studios can focus on putting some pressure on theaters to come down on concession and ticket prices to help people come back if possible i think lower prices would help greatly as everyone can't make the discount time slots slash day i've never minded a large popcorn and drink now they don't even allow the one refill on top of the price increase it contributes to turning me off from even going it won't stop the influence of negative naysayers who blast some work online but they can never they can't even before they can even get a chance to be seen and all the effects that has on morale to go see a movie to begin with sure but it might be worth a shot hope they figure it out and i'm hoping for the best outcomes for everyone 
Yeah, I just wonder if we're like two, three years away from like someone either having to come in and like save the movie theaters or just like movie theaters not really being a thing like maybe if you live in a major town mm-hmm. you have a movie theater but if you live Living anywhere in- outside of that you don't right because it's, it's i think it's my hypothesis is it's going to be a niche market honestly like going to the theaters is going to be a niche market because we've lost people keep forgetting that like we've had several moments during the pandemic where it's like such and such movie saved the theaters. And then and then a few months later, it's like the theaters need saving again. And with people starting to do this thing where they're, t- they're turning on Marvel movies, but honestly, it's not like the other movies are able to keep the economy afloat. Yeah, they're not. And it's funny to see people that claim to love movies and be moviegoers join in on this, like, we're anti the major studio big tent pole movies. Well, I'm sorry, y'all. Nothing else is keeping the movies alive. So the theater's alive. So when everything does have a smaller budget, when everything, because this is what people keep missing. They go, well, it's they're looking at the studios and the profit model. And I'm like, yeah, but the theater doesn't operate on that. Mm-mm. So like, let's say somehow Marvel spent $200 million, $300 million on a movie, right? But it pulls in, uh, I don't know, $500 million, and it doesn't really break even once you add all the cost in and da 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 mm-hmm. We look at the studio and go, well, it didn't make its money back. It doesn't matter to the theater. The theater has nothing to do with the budget of the, of the studio. Right. The theater saw X amount of people come in and out because they saw a movie. Mm-hmm. That is dying. Yes. And and so it's that's not a Marvel thing. The, the the problem is that only Marvel, only these franchises were the things that got enough people out of their chairs and couches to come sit in the, the couches and the chairs in the movie yeah. theater. Mm-hmm. And those were the things that was sustaining the theaters where and 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 in my opinion you need both. You need the big tent poles, you need the small tent poles. But these people that think that the movie industry can only function with these small tent poles is a lie. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times these small tent pole movies, particularly somewhere here in Charlotte, you get too niche in these movies. It's like in the one theater showing at one time or one day for one month. And so you're like, well, bitch, I can't go in the middle of downtown Charlotte at the movie theater that nobody uses and the theater that's only open for just that one movie. So it's like, y'all want people to watch these movies but a lot of times these movies don't a lot of times depending on them they're not in amc they're not in 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 regal they're not in these theaters if they are they have wild times weird times times nobody can see them um they also go on to say p.s did you guys ever happen to mention the first movie you got to see in the theaters with no adult supervision Scary movie too for me. I was 12 and my older siblings and cousin, no one was quite 18 yet, but the eldest was just shy of it. We had a blast that day. Uh, Karen, you remember the first movie you saw in the theater without parental supervision? Mm-mm. I know that sound wild, but no. I think I remember mine, and I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was this one. Jurassic Park. And Jurassic Park is a movie that changed my life forever because... My brother and I, I believe, went to see it, and it was so crowded. It was so it, like this was this this movie was like a hit, right? And we bought our tickets, and we did not have any seats left. Like it, like this was before signed seats and all that shit. So 
We just kept walking down until we got to the front of the theater. That's the only place there were seats left. So we sat in the front row in the middle in front of this giant-ass movie th- screen. The worst seats in the house, uh, according to many people. And when I tell you I felt like that motherfucking T-Rex was coming out the screen to get us. <laughs> I And I, I've never watched movies any a different way since. I've sit near the front. Like, mm-hmm. I don't sit in the very front in those two seats. Mm-hmm. Although, if those is what was left, I would sit there because mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not afraid of that anymore. Nope. But I sit near the front we sit near the front mm-hmm. and and it 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 is a true immersive experience yeah i do not i and it's not i mean look we need all types i'm glad people enjoy wherever they mm-hmm. sit but if i have to sit in in the middle near the back i don't like it me either because i'm like this feel like tv to me yes yeah i feel the same way roger i'm like i could have watched the tv at the fucking house like i want to be close i want to you know, if, if if I'm watching something and somebody flies from the bottom of the screen to the top of the screen, I want my eyes to have to drag. It's just something about just that immersive feeling. And I do understand why, you know, some people didn't like it because over the years, movie theaters, years ago, theaters used to do this fucked up shit where the front row used to be literally fucking face to the screen. But as the years passed, they were forced to push that shit back because people was like, this is too goddamn close, which it was. You would literally have to crick your neck up. And I think a lot of people have been traumatized by that. So for a lot of people, they're like, I'm not going down there. And I want to say, uh, we did, I, obviously Scream 2 is, uh, you're, you're younger than me. Uh, but Scream t- 1, I remember also sitting in the front of the theater at the same, at the same location. Uh, and once again, uh, much scarier being in the front than in the back. Like, felt like that nigga was gonna stab me. It was so good. <laughs> I, I I love an immersive experience. And I think I might be wrong, but I think one of the very first movies that I seen without uh, parental guidance was me and a friend. Uh, we had went to go see Twins, mm-hmm. and uh, it was not a good movie. But I do remember the experience. I just remember being bored to goddamn death. <laughs> In that theater, watching Twins, because I was yeah. like, "Y'all lied to me. Y'all told me this is a goddamn comedy." Yeah, I remember, um, and I remember a bunch of movies that I went to, but I just don't remember. Like at Queens Park, mm-hmm. I surely went to some movies, but they were hood movies, and I just don't remember the year that came out and which ones I had parents at or not. Same, because I know like Boys in the Hood, I went to see that Panther. Like a bunch of stuff in there. Who's the man? Uh, saw that in there. Uh, a bunch of these movies I saw with Karen. You know, mm-hmm. so I know it wasn't parental parents with us, but mm-hmm. I think Jurassic Park may have been my first. Um, all right, let's check out the poll results. Have you noticed the concessions at the movie theater slowing down? Thirty-three uh, percent yes, forty-three percent no, and I don't go to the movies. Twenty-four percent. Now I know someone said I should have had a I don't know. But um, this is why I got to call your bluff on that. Classic R&B lover, I had a I don't go to the movies. And you said you don't go to the movies. So you should have said I don't go to the movies. You know what I mean? Um, you don't, you know, if you go to the movies and you don't go to the concession stand, you don't go. Then that counts. You put it in I don't go to the movies. It counts the same. <laughs> You're messing up my science. Um, 
The polls results on this website, very similar. 36%, yes, they've noticed a slowdown. 28% have not, and then 35% don't go to the movies. So a lot more people don't go to the movies on the Spotify poll. The Q&A was uh, Black Friday deal ends 12-5, and uh, nobody responded to it because they, they just started signing up. And we did have a lot of new people sign up, a lot of people renew. Yay. I want to just take the time to say thank you to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people, you know, they 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 cancel. I don't blame you. You got to get get it up out of there. Oh, yeah. Not not knocking, you know, mm-hmm. we're not trying to hold anybody hostage. Situation changes, circumstances change. You're like, hey, I might come back, I might not. I get it. Yeah, and so, like, there are changes that are going to come to it eventually because I have to – there's just an issue with some stuff behind the scenes in mm-hmm. uh, our RSS feed stuff that I have to change everything some probably early next year. And I'll be sending out emails to premium people. But, yeah, basically, like, if you're not uh, a member of the site that's premium, at some point you're just going to 100% lose access to the RSS feeds um, just because I really don't have a choice because these motherfuckers won't get on their job. All right, let's not move dwell on that. Let's go to the next episode. Episode <laughs> episode 2813, Christopher Reeve. We had eight comments. Um, Appia says, I agree with Rod about not gay actors playing gay characters. Being too strict here can hurt people. Imagine a young actor who isn't even sure about his sexuality yet. You will force him to come out even if he isn't ready yet. And I thought this would be something bad. And pretty much everyone agreed. People should come out on their own terms. Yeah, it was an aside. It wasn't my main issue, but it's something I've really been thinking about for a very very long time because i and it's once i noticed it i can't unsee it right it's and i and i get i get the what the point is supposed to be i just don't think what we're doing is working and it's this idea that you know only gay only lgbtq people can play lgbtq characters which you know and it's mostly about how the industry isn't fair and we're trying to balance the fairness i don't i don't and i get the conundrum i just don't Mm -hmm. think it's one i'm not sure i agree with it in principle correct but two i don't think it's effective and that we have an effective way to truly make this happen because what i've seen in exercise is people target males they do not target women right period like and I and I, to me, um, that is very weird because we know just as much about the women as we know about the men, which is mm-hmm. Julianne and Margulies is married to a man playing a, a lesbian. There is no campaign. There's no slander. There's no targeting of her. If it is, it's such a small group of people that it's not become a thing. If that was a dude playing a, a character, there's a lot more like, oh, is he really gay? Hold on now. You can't play this character if you're not. And it's like, and and we'll get to it later because I think someone wrote in with a great example. But, yeah, it's like we're for, we're forcefully outing just the dudes. Right. And, it, and in practice, it's just not working in the way that I think theoretically people would like it to work. Right. Um, and, most, and most importantly, like, we do have gay and bi, bi dudes playing straight characters. Mm-hmm. They're just, even they understand the consequences of coming out. And they don't want to deal with it because our society is shit. Right. And it's Which not is a larger problem. Yeah, it's not really 
ready to to truly embrace and be uh fair-minded about people's sexuality and gender stuff so we're we're really going fuck your career for us at home we want to feel good about this and 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 it seems like all we're doing is fucking up people's careers both ways we're fucking up gay people's careers because we know once you come out as gay a lot of the opportunities go away and we're fucking up straight people's careers uh or people in the closet's careers because we're like you better come out and deal with the fallout from that so we will feel good at home and the one thing i've noticed about twitter too is like twitter is very twitter social media we're very good at like giving feeling sorry for the aggrieved person but we don't really replace it with anything right so like we'll be like oh that's so sad that happened to you you know this something that i've noticed with the um israel palestine thing if someone speaks out for palestine and then they lose all their opportunities sure everybody's outraged for you but when your career is over your career is over we're there's no opportunities that we don't have the kind of power to be like all right so here's how you get a different movie you know like it's just like uh glad you said something bye right right and so I, as an actor, I can't base my fucking career off of that bullshit. Yeah. And on top of that, uh, in certain situations, uh, sometimes online will be the reason why the person lost their job in the first place. And then they'll feel bad that the person lost their, particularly if they're black or brown or queer, check whatever boxes, they'll feel bad the person lost their job. And they're the reason why the person lost their job in the first place. And then, like you said, there's no replacement. The thing that broke me... And the re well, well, not the thing that broke me, but one of the things that I seen that kind of brought it to my attention, that little girl that had that show and these people had a fucking fit. The show got canceled. The little girl came out crying. And then they was like, oh, poor little girl. They like, bitch, y'all complaining is the reason why she doesn't have a goddamn job. Get the fuck out my goddamn face. Um, And for those that don't know, because Karen gave very little details, it was um, it was a TV animated TV show about a black girl and it had something to do with hair and people. But a white woman had come up with the show. Black Twitter, despite any true evidence confirming this, said, oh, you're stealing the idea of these black people who have a, I think hair love was a short that was out. I think that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. You stole their idea. Da da da. And then as more people investigated as she came forward and gave details of her stuff, it comes out. Well, it's it's pretty fucking impossible for her to have stolen this idea just because of the timing of it. Right. Some of her stuff even happened before Mm -hmm. hair love was Mm -hmm. out there. And, People were like, we're not giving the benefit of the doubt. We don't give a fuck. You should lose your show. Fuck you. She lost the show. Then the little black girl who had gotten this role of a lifetime, possibly breakout role, she put out a video on her Instagram like, I don't have a show. I was looking so forward to this. This is my big break, blah, blah, blah. And people were basically in the comments like, oh, I'm sorry you don't have a show. Someone should hire her. And I'm like, someone did hire her. Right. She did have a job. Correct. Our internet mob mentality took that job from her. Mm-hmm. And we did not, this is not a court of law. We did not have any conclusive evidence that any foul play happened. Mm-mm. But that opportunity went away because studios, for the most part, are cowardly. They're they're not a court of law either. They're a court of public opinion. They're like, enough black people are mad. We're just going to take away this opportunity. Whatever. We don't want the smoke. And, I, and, I, and yeah, I remember we covered it on the show. And you're right, Karen. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. And it has it, and and the thing about the 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 online mob mentality, 
I personally feel it has to be a balance. It has to be. I understand people getting mad and upset, and I understand the history of black and brown people being ignored for our complaints. I completely understand that. But at the same time, it's very difficult, and the studios need to decipher what's the difference between a valid complaint and, like, just attack mode. Like, sometimes... I don't think the studios will or do need to do that because at the end of the day, they're a craving capitalist entity. They're not a court of law. Agreed. They're not about being fair. If enough people are upset about something, they just run away. That's what the fuck they do. And 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 uh, honestly, a lot of the online people know that and take advantage of it. That's why they're right. always trying to like force some type of campaign. If it wouldn't have been yes. that show, it would have been another. Agreed. And, but the thing we point out on this show is like sometimes it's kind of fucked up and I think yes. we've done that. Uh, Abia says, I don't claim to always know what's right, but when people, mostly white people, start putting black squares on their Instagram, I decided that it was stupid and helping no one. It was a, just a sign like, look, I'm a good person and I know what's up. Yeah, to me, that sign always felt like, hey, leave me alone. I don't got nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't do it and now I'm glad. I remember thinking this is so performative and fake and no one can make me do it. Maybe my intuition isn't so bad. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's honestly like, uh, there's a there's a contingent of folks that it is their online currency to see who and what they can influence but at the same time it's kind of like this gaping black hole that will never be satisfied and so there I do remember at the time there being certain types of black people I'm not going to cast aspersions on all of them but I have my feelings and and thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. But there was a certain type of black person influencer that felt like black squares and call your black check on your black friends was like the call of the day, and they're just a different type of black person than me. Because to me, I was like, what the fuck do this got to do with George Floyd? Right. And I don't care. Nope. I need actions. I don't care. And honestly, like. Even when when the corporations were like, we're going to hire some black people. We're going to give money to some black causes. I, even that, I was like, I, this don't have nothing to do with George Floyd. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, take the money while you can get it because white guilt is a finite resource. I will, up quickly. I'll never knock any black person for getting their money mm-hmm. from when white people have some bad feelings. Oh, we elected Trump. Uh, here's some money. Okay, cool. But do I feel like that's progress or doing anything? No. I don't think nothing changed. I think cops could do exactly what they did to George Floyd tomorrow and we'd be going through the same shit. It's just, if anything, it'd be less of a response. So, yeah, I I wasn't one of these people that was moved by that. And I, at the same time, I want to say, I wasn't angered by it. We weren't copping on here every day getting mm-hmm. mad at people. But I, I feel like people are looking for a solution to anger and oppression that they that but it's that's not the solution they think these are things they think would help oh call me and check on me um put up a black square so i know you're good and i'm like that's the thing about racism and oppression you ain't never gonna feel safe you ain't never gonna truly feel good it's not enough black squares in the world that's gonna make you feel enough and 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 you saw when black white people were putting up black squares people started picking on them like Oh, you think that's something, bitch? And I'm like, y'all asked them to do it. 
and then you shitted on them for doing it. Right. Let's, when are we going to make the problem up, bigger than, a, than Instagram and shit? Right. Make up your mind. Uh, Ann says, I don't have an opinion about the conflict between Palestine and Israel, but I do have an opinion about how black people, specifically out of all minority groups, are being called out for their response to it. Focusing on black people's reaction makes all past acts of kindness look transactional, as you said. Mm -hmm. It also has a hint of black people being ordered to do their job or else. And it comes from a need to have black people's seal of approval in the world of victimhood to validate whichever side gets support. And you, you said everything right mm -hmm. there. Every fucking thing. Yes. Yes. And, and I... On the, why are we in it? You know what I mean. Like, okay, so you saw some black people. You saw you saw uh, the Black Lives Matter Chicago people, which, if you know anything about Black Lives Matter, don't mean shit. Because because remember, they're a leaderless organization operating as ninety million separate entities, and they don't have any like global mm -mm. Uh, organized moves and stuff. If any, you know they yeah. they they've been organizations, shit like that. Yeah, that's what mm -hmm. I said. They've been they've been throwing parties at mansions and shit. They go, they offer of this, okay? Mm -hmm. So so already th these this is I know it's a short period of time, but Black Lives Matter matters an organization is essentially a non-factor at this point. When's the last time Black Lives Matter showed up and did any fucking thing? That, like, it's just at this point, the slogan and the movement outside of that organization is the only remnants of Black Lives Matter. But we ain't been talking about the org doing a goddamn thing since, like, maybe right after Trump's election, you yep. saw a little bit. Yep. And after that, shit stopped because yeah. Trump started passing laws and shit go whoop their asses and people's like, hey, I ain't trying to get my ass whooped. So I think, but I think white people don't check in with us and they don't know. So they seen that thing and I'm, and I'm sure if I was Jewish, I would probably, it would have affected me too because I think what Black Lives Matter Chicago did was crash mm -hmm. and over the top and six, very unserious. Because even if, if they felt a way about that um, paratrooper fucking flyer, which was tasteless and came out in Octo on October 7th, let's say somehow you're like, I don't think that was bad. I do think that was... Da -da -da. Okay, but then when they put out the flyer about come to the march to try to fuck Palestinian dudes, at some point you have to be like, this is not a serious situation. You're not being serious. Nope. Like, this is content. So either you're serious about the liberation of these people or it's about content. Because I know for if 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 in if I don't think that Black Lives Matter organization would have done that shit with a black cause, something that happened in America. If no. something happened to a bunch of black people killed in some uh or so a bunch of black people involved in some type of conflict, I don't think they'd be like, Come out to the march, you might meet some cute dudes out there. We'd be like, Are you crazy? Right. So yeah, I do get it. I do get why people were upset by it. But in general, um, I, I I I understand how they might feel like we need black people on our side. Both sides feel like that. Palestinians feel like that. They want black Americans on their side. Jewish people feel like that. They want black Americans on their side. But we ain't a monolith. Mm -hmm. and, and, I'm, and, and especially when, uh, like I said, when we were having marches and when we were having... Um, Things going on with uh, police brutality uh, in like 2012 and whatnot. It was online on Twitter. A lot of Palestinian people that reached out and told people how to deal with basically tear gas it and was. riot police. Mm -hmm. And that bond started. And as and that as much as people talk about the Jewish and Black community going back to civil rights, 
Jewish and Pal- I mean the Palestinian and black community go back a long way too. I'm talking Black Panthers and shit. So I what it sounds like is that a lot of Jewish people were not aware of that, mm-hmm. or they just were counting on just kind of like um, unquestioning loyalty from the black community in general in America, and they've been insulted or shocked or betrayed or whatever in their minds that that's not happening and so it's turning into this hyper focus on and and they don't you blacks and you lesbians and i'm like yeah i don't know why you think that's gonna help because yelling at those people is not changing anything and you're gonna make them mad um so you know anyway sd star says my extended family is mixed black and jewish and we've been comparing messages we've been sent on social media rod is right Different demographics are definitely getting fed different messages. To us, it feels like the differences can't be explained by just an algorithm. There's an organized effort to use social media to take advantage of the violence in Israel and Gaza. A lot of the TikToks and Instagram reels about Israel seem to be designed to tear apart the black and liberal coalition that elected Joe Biden. The reason this issue is being boosted on social media is that it serves the interests of conservatives. Uh, uh, if young voters, Arab voters, black voters, Jewish voters, and liberal voters are all at each other's throats in both America and Israel. Um, I know that's a conspiracy, but I, I, I mean, it's not that far-fetched to me. No, it's not. Um, and I, I, now, personally, I, I do think it is the algorithm. I don't think it's like a concerted effort from on high. But the thing about the algorithm is who programmed the algorithm, right? Right. It's who's in charge. Elon Musk is uh, extremely conservative, uh, definitely um, right, like right wing, anti-Semite. You know, like uh, racist uh, against black people too. Yep. Look at the Tesla lawsuits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you put a guy like that in charge of something like Twitter. I feel like he takes the breaks off the algorithm. Yes. He's losing he's losing corporate sponsors and shit. I don't think he give a fuck. Like Mm-mm. I and I think the algorithm unchecked as we've seen in the past will always bend towards injustice, oppression. Mm-hmm. It will always, you know, when Facebook um basically helped steal an election right it's because they were like fuck it we want money we don't care where the money's coming from the people that had the money and that were willing to spend it on facebook if they're motherfucking election deniers who gives a fuck right we just want the money i so i don't know that it's like i don't feel like there's a a lever someone in the illuminati pills or whatever to be like (laughs) break apart the democratic coalition (laughs) and then the other thing this is kind of like with russian propaganda as well during 2016 um when the election when trump won russia's propaganda works because it is um based in something real which is the divisions we have in america right they're very good at that Mm -hmm. um and so it's it is a it's a thin line where we don't want to be so over the top that we're like the man did this to us but we we all really do get along and just somehow the propaganda is making us think we don't it's one these are very thin fragile coalitions uh between everyone you name you know and i think um the democratic party is one of a big tent of fragile coalitions and lots of big feelings and lots of people that are together by convenience that don't really fuck with each other. No, they don't. They're like, we here because we got to be here. We're not here because we want to be And here. I don't mean that we hate each other. I just mean mm-hmm. we don't fuck with each other. Meaning like, like I said, I'm from the South. 
I don't really know much about Jewish people because I, it wasn't taught in my schools. We, we didn't have Jewish people in our community. Uh, we don't really seem to have a large, and I'm sure we do in Charlotte. We have a like the Jewish version of the YMCA and everything, mm-hmm. but we don't have like a mixing of cultures down here like that. Right? Like you're like I know white people that probably are Jewish, but I just didn't. Done, it wasn't. It never came up. Is my point. Right. Um. And obviously, me being black, they uh, it, it does need to come up. You can look at me and see. Like it's you know it's very obvious. But the point being, um. A lot of America's like that. And so I me not knowing enough about their culture and customs and history is it's actually a bad thing whenever stuff like this comes up because I'm coming at this with a lot of ignorance. And I don't mean ignorance in the in the hateful hateful way, but just not knowing. Right. And and we and that's a lot of what the, the Democratic Party is, is ignorance. It's okay, gay people vote. Democrat, I'm black, I vote Democrat. They might not know shit about black people stuff. I might not know shit about gay people stuff. I just know that these this is the party that will try to help both causes. Mm-hmm. And so whenever that party lets one cause down or one cause go, that part that particular part of the coalition will be like, you're letting me down. I'm ready to leave. Right, because it was fragile. I, because I wasn't really here for the black people. I wasn't really here for the gay people. I wasn't really here for the immigrant. I was here for just my thing, mm-hmm. and that's just a truly human way of looking at it. And it's why it's so fragile. And it don't take much to have our side be the side that quits. Now the Republican side won't quit because essentially they are there for power and white supremacy. Yep. And overall over everything and they don't care if they look around and it looks like the most exclusive country club in america Mm-mm. that's good for them they don't they'll never go home and be like this is my one issue the the only one issue thing they have currently that's scary to them is the trump voter mm-hmm. but other but a lot of those trump voters are new they're not old school voters they're new people who are voting for the first time for trump and they might not come back if they can't do it again right but other than that they don't have one issue voters those people continue to vote uh Kristen says just popping in because i fully agree with your points about israel anti-semitism and anti-zionism is getting conflated as the same which is not the case also some zionists like michael rapaport are out here saying crazy wild things about how they jewish people are better and that's why they survived and thrive yeah that's, that's, yeah i mean it's like Michael Rappaport is just not a good person to be talking about anything, Mm-mm. you know, and, and he's not helping. So like, but he's never helped. Like, what are you doing? God, man, Spike Lee, why did you pick him? He a terrible person. <laughs> he's so bad. And, and like, and I'm not just talking about this. I just mean in like, I've never seen a Michael Rappaport clip and thought that's a great nuanced take. Right. It's always like, this happened a while ago with um, we didn't even cover it on the show because I really thought it was a garbage discussion, but uh, or it turned into a garbage discussion led by a bunch of fucked up people. But when it was like black women fighting amongst them, fighting them with black trans women this summer, and it got really huge on social media, but it, the conversation was being led by like Jess Hilarious. 
Oh no, we yeah we can't we can't have that conversation. Yeah, and I was, it was mm-hmm. like, but I'm like, look at the people who are siphoning off the attention from this. Correct. They're they're people who are controversial attention getters. They're not people who are here to reconcile, try to have a real conversation, make nuanced points, trying to bring everyone together. These are people who are like, my brand is, you know, if Kaya is speaking out on something, it's probably not good, you know, and and there's a place for that type of entertainment, but. It is. In a serious discussion about LGBTQ issues, probably not. We don't want to start with you. Um, and so I didn't even bring that discussion to the show. Good. And I feel like that's how Michael Rappaport is in this discussion about Zionism. and Jew- He's going to just hop on and start insulting people and talking shit. And you're like, I mean, I guess if you agree with that, you might feel like, yes, yeah, some catharsis. Finally, someone said it. But the vast majority of people are going to be like, that's not how you resolve a conflict. That's not how you communicate with each other. That's not how you educate people. That's not how you get people on your side. Yeah, you feel better because you yelled at everybody. But if anything, you made things worse because now you made your point so reductive that it's easy for people to be like, and that's why the fuck Israel is wrong as opposed to being like, and that's why the fuck we don't listen to Michael Rappaport. Essentially insinuating that any other minority wasn't good enough to succeed at the persecution. It's frustrating that they won't admit Palestine and Hamas are different. Hamas was pushed by Israel and elected in 2006. That was their last free election, and the median age is 18. So people are being destroyed because of decisions that were made 20 years ago. There's so much nuance that it can't be summed up in a single three-minute video or tweet. As always, thanks for your enlightened talking points. Love, y'all. And then said, uh, correction, Israel slash Hamas slash Palestine issue. Uh, yeah yeah I, I feel you I man honest to God man I can hear it when I listen to folks talk and I don't I maybe that's how deep and how far back the the conflict goes they they either don't hear it themselves or they truly truly believe like it's all the same it don't matter if 15,000 people die or not if you live there you are basically Hamas to them and I I, and I, I know I don't know everything. I've done as much listening and as and reading yeah, in this last few months as as about this than anything. Um, but I'm always surprised by the the stuff I don't know. You know, you listen to enough conversations, and someone always brings up another thing. And you're like, oh shit, that okay. So that seems like a big deal. Um, but I I I, I, I refuse to budge on the idea that all these people had to die. I'm right. sorry. Same. I'm sorry. And I do, I mean, I'm, I was here in 9-11. I get it. I know terrorism terrorizes. Um, I'm not Jewish. And I don't know what it's like to live in Israel and feel under constant attack. Um, I don't know what it's like to have survived, you know, a people survive a ho- the Holocaust. But I am black in America, and our people survived a Holocaust of its own that disconnected us from our roots. And we're still stuck here living with our uh, abuser, you know, in America. Come on. So I relate on that level, and I don't necessarily know that black people would be better if we had the power and support of, like, first world nations and and, and military and shit. I don't know that we'd be better. I I, I really can't say that. I, mm-hmm. I think we have enough. Human. Yeah, well, enough traumas happened to us that our racial paranoia would at least feel justified if we had the power to do something about it. We just don't have the power. Agreed. But all that being said, man, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't 
I can't justify what's happening and I don't know how people do. And I'm not saying that out of some like I watched a bunch of videos of kids crying and shit. I just think even if you just read the words in the paper, it's like I don't think this is solving it. You know, and reading, you know, what the leadership of Israel is saying, it I mean, it does sound like they want to kill basically everybody. Uh, I don't I don't know how we as a world are just sitting up here being like, oh, well, you know, but that is what is happening. You know, that is what is happening. That is the reality. And I'm sure if it wasn't happening in Israel and Palestine, it'd be happening. It's It probably is happening somewhere else over the globe. And we're mm-hmm. either we don't know about it or don't care. And that's humanity. But I don't know. I mean, this is a big thing. And I understand why people are upset by it. Me too. Um Christopher Reeve is a huge Mandela effect, says Evie. I, too, thought his name was Christopher Reeves. Well, I don't care. His mama named Christopher Reeves. I'm going to call him Christopher Reeves. Well, that's a lie. Um, <laughs> I wish Jesse Smollett would go away. He could have finished his sentence by now, hired a PR firm, and got back to work already. You know, he was working somewhat during all this. I think he had a play that was done did pretty well. But, yeah. I don't know if he's delusional or thinks someone, everyone else is stupid. Who knows? False... False Wing says, related to pressuring actors to be publicly out in order to play LGBTQ characters. I don't remember if you covered this because it happened months ago and my memory is shit, but this is what happened to Kit Connor. No, we didn't cover this. I don't remember his name. He was 18 when he was cast in a popular Netflix show to play a bisexual teen. He didn't disclose his sexuality, so some people assumed he was straight and profiting off of a queer show. Apparently, fans of the show were were even harassing his friends and family to find out his sexuality. So he finally tweeted out something like, I'm bi. Congrats on forcing an 18-year-old to put themselves out, to out themselves. So while, yeah, while I agree that more queer characters should mean that more queer actors are also being hired, including to play straight roles, there shouldn't be a you need to match the sexuality of the character to play this queer role qualifier. Right. I don't know if there's a way to measure the first part of that statement without the second part also coming into play via fan harassment campaigns. I just want an environment where people didn't force actors and writers and musicians, et cetera, to out themselves in order to have representation. Yeah, we're and we're running up against it. I think Billy Eilish just recently was was miffed about being outed um, because there's a level of sexuality that is private. People feel ready when they're fucking ready, right? Um, and it's and it really isn't your fucking business. Mm-mm. And acting is it essentially at the end of the day pretending. It is still pretending. It is still the part of the skill is doing a thing that we're like, oh, you you're pretending to be able to do this thing. Um, it's the it's the reason that like to play Batman an actor doesn't have to actually like jump off of, be able to jump off buildings and shit. We're like, no, that's obviously fake or whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, there's something there where we just haven't quite found it. And but I think the tools we're using, the online harassment, the constant trying to out people, the shaming of people, I don't think those things are working. And I think they're more of a function of uh how we wanna engage with uh online social media stuff in a bad way like everything the tools of social media basically are harassment and so everything ends up either being justified harassment or unjustified harassment but it all kind of transforms harassment of people yeah and also i think that a lot of things on social media 
boils down to parasocial relationships. And that's something that people don't want to admit because what is it that important about celebrities that you don't know that makes you, that makes you want to force them to tell you about their sexuality? It's crazy. Yeah, parasocial relationship. You think you own them. You think you have the right to know. You think everything they say, everything they do, every, every act they have, every decision that they make with their family, their finances, you have something to do with it. This is why people go, you let me down. Bitch, you don't know them. How can you, how can they let you down? You don't have an interpersonal tight relationship with them. You do not know this person. But social media has given the pe- people and people online and social media has given people the illusion of a tightness and a closeness that's not real. Yeah, I think it just all turns to harassment. It's like uh, what happened last weekend with Beyonce where uh, there were Jewish people who danced to You Won't Break My Soul and people were like, she should not screen her movie in Israel. Um, Forget all the implications of that and no need to look into any of the agreements or paperwork behind that. When that was decided, any of that shit. Right, months ago. Right. Also, also... um, it just ended up turning into a big online harassment hate campaign against Beyonce. And by the end, it was this capitalist bitch that's a Zionist, da, da, da. And the point is, that's what social media is. Yes, it is. That's it's what just, devolves it to. just devolves into that every time. It does mm-hmm. not. We have failed. The formula does not change. We have failed whatever social media was supposed to be. Agreed. The promise of conversations and community and shit, it hasn't happened. The promise of... It's kind of just turned into the Salem witch trials. It's kind of just turned into burning people at the stake, virtually, obviously. Um, And every weekend, every week, every day, it just needs a new person to burn. It's not... And in in some ways, it honestly makes the points not salient or last long. Mm -mm. Because how many people have already forgotten about that? Right. That was a week ago. She was the worst person in the world a week ago. Today, everybody's posting their favorite Renaissance outfits. You didn't mean it a week ago, and you don't mean what you're doing today. Right. It is what it is. Um, all right, and then uh, the poll was... Oh, I'm sorry. Comments on YouTube. Let me check that real quick. Christopher Reeve episode. One comment that I can't see, so it must have been deleted by YouTube. Who knows? Um... I've never been able to find them when I go look in the comments. And if I did, it probably was some whack shit. Um, so. Uh, or you said something. He was like, YouTube was like, nope, won't be saying that. Yeah, or they deleted it possibly. Yeah, I, I know I like didn't delete it. Keywords and shit that they screened for. Yeah. Yeah, and I do remember at some point we had a comment that I felt was like something and I maybe and i replied to it so maybe the person deleted it i don't know right yeah because they can delete themselves i didn't think about that yeah mm-hmm. i don't i don't know but it just it no says problem. one comment but it ain't showing up i don't know if motherfucker hit the wrong word or some shit mm-hmm. yeah i'm looking there's nothing held for review all right because you can see it if it's kind of sitting yeah. out there right and so we uh, just don't have access to it so either they deleted it or youtube deleted it yeah. Right. Oh, okay. There's okay. I think I see some public sky. Um. Okay. Well, see on my comments, I kind of see it. So okay, let me see it. Uh, regarding Jesse, because I which episode is Christopher Reeve, right? Yeah. Yeah. One comment is not showing up. Okay. Well, anyway, I can see it on my comment comments. Regarding Jesse, uh, it says, um, I live right outside. Chicago and I believe him I believed him at first when the lie broke down I didn't feel like he needed to be charged a fine would be enough but the racist head of Chicago FOP and all the right wingers trying to bring down 
Kim Fox ran with it. It was a waste of money, but at this point, damn, just take your punishment and put this behind you. That's how I feel about it, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like he pushed it to this, and I don't have sympathy anymore. I do not. Like, you could have stopped lying at any point. And, you know, I know good people. And they're going to be like, they're like, no. I know good people that went down with the Jesse ship to the last, to the bitter end. And I'm like, I I feel like uh, this thing that happens a lot of times with sympathetic black figures using macro issues for micro shit mm-hmm. um such as this jonathan majors i'm a black man and white women trying to get me shit i don't i for the most part i don't even jump on those Mm-mm. like give me let's go to trial let's see what the evidence is because agreed how many fucking times do we have to go through this shit where it, you get to the trial or whatever and then you're like mm, you were sending fucking text messages that said you did it what the fuck? Why are you wasting everybody's time with this black man shit? Stop doing that. You're not Emmett Till, bro. Mm-mm. You're not the gay Tupac. You did some wild shit and just kept pushing it. Too bad. It's not a conspiracy from the top of the government to get you. Right. Um. All right. The poll, did you know Christopher Reeves' name didn't end with an S? Damn, I just did it again. Yes, 54%, 46% no. So I guess most of y'all knew. Okay, congrats, smarty art niggas. Um. <laughs> 30% yes, 70% no on Spotify. Those are my people. They 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 for real, for real. They not like the rest of y'all. Um, liars. <laughs> uh, the Q&A was, they woke my daughter up at gunpoint. Again, nothing new to the black and brown community. Felicity Huffman. Jed Damo says, when I went to the doctor, the nurse saw my company name on my jacket and said the name with an S, even though it clearly does not have an S at the end. And yes, he was black. LOL. I'm black too. Zalora says there was another actor who played Superman in a television show back in the 50s. His name was George Reeves with an S. Raphael says, I know Christopher Reeve's name. However, after crossing seven rivers and mountains in search of El Dorado, I began to say Reeves. I blame all communities that haven't supported my hustle for this. (laughs) Uh, Then he uh, put, I think, maybe a cash emoji. Alicia says, now why are we in it? The Negroes. Right. That's all I want to know. Ty Flo just says, everyone, boo this nigga, Tyler the Creator. <laughs> um, all right, let me play a little music right here so I know where to put a commercial break later on um in the show. Uh, cause you know, we gotta we still gotta get this bread, everybody. Um, here we go. <laughs> Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. Uh, next episode is 2814, Power of the Vote. We had four comments. Tanya W42 says, drop the mic. 
Dr. Dostak says, y'all make very salient observations about social media voting and how folks act online while remaining steadfastly in y'all's empathy. And I think that came through in this episode. Granted, I think it comes through in all y'all's episodes, uh, which is why I fuck with y'all the long way, but especially in this one. I feel the same way about voting. Finding a picture of my mom in college at Dr. King's casket viewing put things in a different perspective for me. I haven't really posted anything on social media about the Israel's destruction of Gaza, but have seen a whole lot uh, that folks have been posting. I used to post a whole fucking lot, especially during the 2016 Democratic primary and the Trump years. But I stopped after realizing that my anger and pain over the 2016 election and overall fear for this country had me online doing the emotional equivalent of trying to fill a barrel with water that has a hole at the bottom. Yes. I agree with y'all in not engaging with folks saying online they're not voting, especially in this context. Nobody is black canary. They ain't screaming a brick wall down. Rod and Karen, thanks as always for the sincere dope show. Peace, though. Thank you, though. Mm-hmm. But you have to come to that realization yourself, and that's the thing. Being online, you you got to come to that realization on your own terms and in your own time. And nobody is above being caught up and swept in it. Everybody at some point in time, if you spend any heavy amount of time on social media, will, can, and have been caught up in it. And you got to look around and be like, hey, what is my reality? What's really happening? What's really going on? Why am I putting energy and effort into something like this when I can be doing something more constructive with this time and this energy that I have? And a lot of times, truth be told, some people, most people just need therapy and that's something that and they use twitter as a form of therapy to quote unquote release those emotions to temporarily make themselves feel better but in reality these feelings do come back and they have to be addressed so i've been online long enough and i've seen enough people when they start going to therapy pulling offline talking to people you see their social media behaviors change when they come to the reality that their behavior is hurting themselves online and their interaction with people is hurting them we're not talking about anybody else we're talking about you the person is posting once you come to that realization you'll leave the matrix or you'll be like well i'm gonna be out here but i'm gonna limit my amount of time i'm not gonna respond you'll start putting up filters you'll start placing borders around you and the thing is once you do this a lot of times these communities that you built because a lot of times it's a community that you built you get online you see the same names y'all interact with each other it's a community it's, it's, it's a shared camaraderie camaraderie once that thing leaves all of a sudden you're no part you're no longer part of that community and that's the fear that most people have they want to continue to be a part of a community online and once you say hey I, I, I hey this is not healthy for me this is not good for me this is not good for my mental health i'm sad i'm angry i'm depressed y'all like i think i need to leave this they will do everything they can to get you to come back and they will use techniques as like bullying they will use techniques telling you you're not strong enough they will make you feel like you're the problem and 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 and, and not the community itself because but there are good communities online you just have to figure out what communities are good for you individually and what communities are not and when is it time to leave that's individual decision and also the things that are the people that are caught up in these matrix that that's caught up in these toxic communities they don't know you know that's why sometimes when we we, uh are on the show we make comments we it's it's dropped over time but we used to have people that would just consistently combat us with it and i was like oh you're combating us because you're a part of it and you don't understand and you don't know and you don't want to get out and you don't understand or your eyes have not been woken to the things that are around you because if you realize every day you banging on bacon every day you mad every day you're sad or whatever it may be to keep you online you realize that the people around you have this same energy consistently all of the time 
there's something wrong but you have to come to that conclusion to, uh, on your own accord and with yourself and i did like i said and my thing is i'm still online you don't have to run away from online but you have to find a balance you have to find a balance is best for you uh evie says i will never give up on voting i had to unfollow so many people who have been dying they're not going to vote uh, over one oh saying they're not gonna vote over one issue reasons one person talked about not voting because they had integrity fuck your integrity that person will be the loudest person complaining if donald trump gets back in the office and all of our rights are stripped away yeah it's interesting to think that like literally women right, lost the right to abortion a year ago like and the fact that people think shit ain't gonna keep rolling downhill it's wild to me because uh, we have not overcome the uh, conservative majority in the Supreme Court, and the next president will probably be a president that uh, at least replaces two or three of those justices. And here we are again, guys. <laughs> I hope that by the time the election rolls around next year, people have clearer heads because right now a lot of people are in pain over loved ones being killed. And like you said, there's no point in yelling at them. If anything that makes people want to dig their heels in, right? I. I don't know why people are, I, I know why, but it ain't working. It's not helpful. If the goal is to get people to see your point of view and go to your side, then why do you think yelling at them is helping? It's, you know, and I guess it's, you know, it's a generational trauma thing and, and it's just so much bigger than just this one moment for so many people. But I, I, don't, I mean, it's not my, yeah, it's just, I, what I'm looking at is, what's working and i don't see this working yeah you brought up something while, while, while you're talking you brought up something and i am completely guilty of this and i and i've learned how to balance and check check myself when it comes to this another main reason why i don't respond to those people everybody's responding out of fear they're scared and i'm scared and everybody's coming from a place of fear and scared of the results and the, I'm not going to change their mind. They're not going to change my mind because in my mind and the way I view things, I have to do something. I can't speak for anybody else. There's something within me, in my soul, until the day I die, I have to do something. I cannot sit back, do nothing, watch everything burn, and be like, well, damn, I had five holes. I could have I did something. I can't do that. Some people can. That's your choice. But I can't do that. So I'm not going to allow my fear of you not doing anything to cause me to fuss at you. Okay, you don't want to do anything? Fuck it. Let me go find people that are willing to do something with me, and let's do something, and let's put this bitch out. Um. He goes on to say, uh, she goes on to say, um, uh, but I do think there are a segment of people who are taking advantage of what's happening in the world to push their platforms on social media by saying they won't vote. I see right through those opportunities. Yeah, and those people are always there and they're always going to do this and there's going to be something new next week and they're going to do it again. Some of these motherfuckers have been telling us they're not going to vote for literally over a decade at this point. Mm -hmm. At this point, if you're not, if you're not going to vote a Democrat or voting in the election for over a decade, you're just a person that doesn't vote. I don't know why right. it matters. You know, I, I think 2020 should have been a big referendum on those people because those people never changed. Mm -mm. They were still saying they weren't voting in 2020. So Joe Biden won without them. So, and then, and of course, as soon as he won, all of a sudden those motherfuckers tried to take credit. No. You told us you don't vote, you weren't going to vote. You said he's going to lose the youth vote. That lie, you lied. Though you are saying things and you don't have any proof or evidence, people are arguing with you because that's what social media is for. Just, yes. Just let it go. I, I don't, okay, you're not going to vote. Then if there's enough people like that, we'll get Trump or whatever, and y'all will 
you blame the Democrats and I'll blame you and we'll just keep the cycle going. But I don't really give a fuck at this point. I'm on, I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to be as responsible with my platform and our podcast as I can be. And that's all the fuck I got for you. You know, like I'm not yelling at you or arguing with you or helping you get your catharsis by like yelling at me and calling me names. Feel how you feel. Blame me if you want to, but I, I'm, I'm trying. What I'm doing, I'm as convicted as you, right? And I am doing what I think is the best option. That's it. I don't have anything deeper for you, and you know all the right reasons, and that I believe in, and I know all the reasons you believe in, and and they're not moving either of us. So Mm-mm. why would we need to keep fighting? Agreed. Sailor Agony says I don't. Uh, have much to add to the excellent points two of you made on this is ironclad at this point honestly i've stayed out of much of the israel palestine social media discussions online because it's online and i'm not going to get anywhere with people having a shouting match about whether people are going to vote or not because joe biden isn't doing a ceasefire but he did a pause uh i've been on my block game for wild takes but i've also just don't talk about it not worth it i'm sick of anger and performativeness beating the shit out of us is exhausting i'm exhausted the people in both countries are most uh, definitely exhausted by their long time wars it's all sad but i don't have to join in this shit is mad complicated not as easy as just slapping some sloganeering up to the proceedings it's a lot yeah i like i said man listen to people that know way more than we do way that have more history and knowledge about this specific conflict that are talk, talking to experts I, i've ezra klein the gray area on the media these are the podcasts i'm listening to um because honestly i don't even just want like a personal perspective of like this is how i feel as a person that is palestinian or jewish i hear that but that I need to talk to people that are like, here's what happened at the 1965 peace accords. Yes. I need that because I don't, I didn't learn that in school and I don't know. Right. And even as I learn, I don't know that it's solving shit because everything I'm hearing, I'm like, Oh man, that no, both sides are not going to agree on that. And I don't know what you do at that point. And it's not as simple as the American allegories we're using over here to be like, this is all it is. But then it's not really that because it's a different history than America. Yes. So it's not the same. So it, anyway, uh, as for Juliana uh, Margulies, man, she got so she sure own gold herself, huh? I listened to that interview and while I have softened a bit on how I felt initially using black people as your example, yeah, I'm tired. Take it easy, y'all. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not normally a rush to anger person in the first place. So um, I don't know that i would have ever had the like same response as most people to that interview but it wasn't good it, i listened to the whole thing i was like oh okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's I, what we're doing i sought it out to listen to the whole thing on purpose because i the clips i saw on twitter and stuff I, I was sure obviously are the ones that make her look the worst that's what the fuck twitter's for but it, even in context I, I think she she's came off terrible and i mean it says a lot that you know she's not gonna suffer any consequences for it but if someone would have went on some podcast and said some shit about palestine uh you know the other way they they would have lost some things that's that's the current structure we have right now um so she'll be fine you know like she's not losing anything but i think what she said was very fucked up and you know that i don't think anything's gonna happen to her i'm not even saying i want something to happen i just think 
if you're paying attention, it's obvious who who's suffering consequences for speaking out and who's not. Right. You know? Um anyway, uh the uh comments on YouTube for this episode, power of the vote. We had a heart emoji from our girl, um uh the home I create. Where Wari Warrior Sport I hope I said that right, says we all know how important voting is and engaging in the political process, but many Americans are participating in this democracy only around election season. Let's not forget our elected representatives set forth laws of policies, domestic and foreign policies that run the country. Some, some of these policies are good and benevolent and some are not. At every election cycle, people are asked to vote and promise change and progress, but much of the status quo remains. When people see what's happening in Gaza and they see the responses from their favorite politicians, they get upset. Upset their favorite politicians and many people in the political party are supporting uh something terrible horrible so people are marching in huge numbers demanding of politician uh the politicians that they voted for to call for a ceasefire so far there are not enough politicians asking for a ceasefire so they wonder why are things like this why is it my party against the killing and destruction of civilians why is my political party and my country are supportive of an apartheid state and why would i continue to be part of a political of that political party a lot of people are realizing members of their favorite political party the leaders of their country as well as the laws and policies they create is not entirely intended for voters like them it's a powerful interest groups and that's upsetting many voters and hey, I, re- go ahead. I i replied to this when i said i feel like we addressed this on the show mm-hmm. but even knowing all of this and understanding how those people feel we still think voting is a better option than not voting uh the other thing i would notice in the language you use favorite party right favorite picking party. size using me- no fuck picking size i'm picking size i Dem- mean democrats is my side i mean yeah but when you say favorite party the thing I notice about that is favorite implies like this level of emotional connection, like you're rooting for a sports team Correct. or a celebrity. As I've said many times on the show, we treat our politicians like celebrities, our celebrities like politicians. We need Beyonce or Taylor Swift to tweet something that we can't get uh, a politician to do, right? That's how we treat things. And we need our politicians to be on Twitter sloganeering in a way that is so f- black and white that it it really does uh undercut the true complexity of the job they're doing right but my point being like this was something we addressed people of a certain generation obama's not just your president he's your favorite politician Mm -hmm. he's a celebrity in his own right um I didn't grow up with that. So nope. I even with Obama, I don't feel that level of attachment as far as like um I needed him to be president and my favorite guy. It just it never was on the table for me because I grew up in a time when it was Reagan and Clinton and Bush and and you know, and the people that lost to them, Al Gore and Dukakis and shit, those were not celebrity fun guys. You know, they, they, they were people I was like vetting to do a job, and a job that I knew was for this country, which meant it would never be a good job. They, they could never do the perfect job because this country is terrible. I think for me, like I said, we kind of address this, but my thing is why not both? 
Why can't you go out there, march and demand and keep marching and keep demanding and also vote for the change? You know, it's one of these things where people act like it has to be one or the other. And that's where I push back against this 100%. Yes, keep fighting. Yes, keep demanding more. Yes, be mad. Be upset. The anger is valid. The feelings are valid. When pe and people think when people say this, they act like that, that, that we're just dismissing it. No, 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 I'm not. Because... I thing is, particularly being black in this country, this is shit we had to deal with all the time. We had to keep marching, keep fighting, keep protesting, keep 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 passing things and 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 and, and talking to lawmakers that basically looked us in us our face and was like, no, bitch, we ain't gonna do shit. You know what we did? We kept on doing it and kept voting and kept demanding and kept the things going. It's like you did not do what I want you to do you to do right when I said you should do it, right here, right now. So fuck it, fuck the whole system. Why should I participate? And that is the problem to me. We will never agree on that, but that is the problem to me. You can do both. It does not have to be one or the other uh this person also replied of course voting is still a better better than sitting out but every election should not result in continuing the status quo these politicians must deliver on change the progress they promise specifically those on the left i hate these type of platitude talking points because one you're not saying shit what what policies Two, that no no politician ran on israel palestine mm -hmm. zero weren't asked about it in any single debate ever so this whole like they need to deliver on the promise what what promise did they have so that's not even true um two status quo underrated as fuck status quo is also like stability and shit right like shaking shit up is you know how we got trump people being like i just want something different that you should appreciate the fuck out of status quo at this point um and then incremental change is still change. Right. So like, you know, and then also this harmful reduction is like the Charlemagne, the guiding of this conversation of like, uh, they just need to make sure we get the progress they promise. Like they're doing it and they're trying. And it also erases all progress that is done. I'm not trying to turn this show into this, but we can make a whole fucking episode on this if we want to. And it'd probably be an hour and a half to two hours just going through the Biden administration accomplishments itself. Right. We could do that, but it won't matter because it's going to always be the one thing they didn't get to or the two things they did, the, the thing you wanted that didn't happen. And it won't matter the reasons it didn't happen. It won't matter about Republican opposition. It won't matter if it's another fucking country that don't want to listen to us. None of that's going to matter to you because you're searching for a feeling. You caring about your favorite I ain't. I don't care about that. I don't care. So I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care about the favorite thing. I'm not. I'm not gonna yell at you. Mm -mm. Um, and turn this into that. You said what you said. I don't think I could convince you. The whatever. But let me just tell you when you told me I was right. When you said, of course, voting is the better option. End of discussion. That's all I've been saying. I don't need to or want to care about the feelings involved in this because it's not a feelings thing for me mm -mm. so like the feelings thing is something you need i hope you find the motivation wherever you need to find it uh, if you need to feel inspired by the power i hope they give it to you i hope but i'm not in control of that mm -mm. i'm not the reasons i feel inspired to vote actually have very little to do with the politicians right so, so it's just it, we just look at shit different that's it um, the poll was, do you vote in your country's election? On our website, 100% of people. On Spotify, 96% of people. 
Um, so vast majority of people that listen to our show vote. So once again, preach it to the choir. That's why I'm not yelling. You know, I know people want some fire and brimstone. You know, they the choir needs some preaching too. I get it. But I, on this one, I'm just trying not to turn this into like us yelling and fussing because I don't think it's going to help. I right. really don't. Right. And like you said, a lot of times when people write these things, their minds have all... You've heard what we had to say. And so you're coming with a counterpoint, which is fine, but your mind is already made up too. But also just, it's not even a counterpoint. They didn't, that comment didn't bring up anything we didn't address. I almost didn't read it because it's a waste of time. Right. Because I was like, but you know what we said about this. Mm -hmm. But you, people need to be heard. They feelings need to be felt. This is this person's way of being like, but my my feelings. What about the feelings of these people? And feelings are important, but they're just not facts. And those, and I considered their feelings. It doesn't change what we say on this show when it comes to voting. Mm Mm-mm. And that's fine. Other shows right. will go, yes, your feelings are the most important thing. Fuck the world. Fuck everybody. If you don't feel great about your vote, don't vote and stay home and and and, and don't feel great or do feel great about that choice. That's just what we're just we're I'm sure some of my fucking friends would would feel that way. It's just it, it is what it is. I'm not fighting them. Mm-mm. You you it, it's like self-immolation right when people some people publicly burn themselves to death as a protest ain't shit i can do to change they they run poured the gasoline on themselves and lit the match all i got all only thing they have for me is how do you feel about me burning myself on fire and if i start yelling at them and saying you don't need to do this i love you why are you burning yourself everyone's gonna burn It, it ain't they thought about that they don't care the same way i thought about them burning themselves and i don't care it just is what it is, and we need to just accept that at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Q&A is, and that's that on that. Uh, Kui says, or Key says, no shit, no shade, but people sitting out midterms of local elections is why we never get as much, as many progressive electeds as we could. To quote Karen, that shit matters. Yes, it d- agrees. You do have a, a most of the populace, a large percentage of the populace only votes for president. They don't vote for the senators, the governors, the, the mayors, the motherfucking dog catcher, the controller. They don't vote for these people who actually matter. They don't vote for these people who put these judges in office. You know, when 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 when, when some Republican does some fucked up shit and then, then it goes up your your local uh, your state's uh, 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 judges system and you have this person that, that decides that. You know, uh, 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 fuck this. Them people, a lot of times, them people aren't voted in. Some states, depend on the uh, uh, judging position, they're voted in. But some states, somebody who was voted picks these judges and puts them in these places. That's the shit that matters. Yes, president matters a lot. But what matters is what happens in your local municipalities. These are the people that determine your fines, your fees, your property taxes, how much you pay in schools, you know, who, who your rezoning, the shit that when you wake up every day and say, good morning, that shit impacts you every fucking day a lot quicker than a president ever will. Yeah, if they don't care, they don't care. There's really not shit you can do about that, you know? So uh, just got to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think they are part of the problem. I don't think they're solving shit. Mm-mm. And, you know, my most cynical take is that they're just being lazy and nihilistic. And then they're trying to pretend that it's some type of activism by being like, I didn't vote. Well, not voting is the easiest thing to do. You didn't do shit. 
You literally didn't do shit. You tweeted and he stayed home. I'm sorry that I don't see the bravery in this stance, and I feel like you wanting to tell me is just you wanting to fight because you could not vote and stay home and not tell me. Right. No one would know. It's your personal decision that makes you feel good somehow. Yep. You're telling me because you do want me to go, but why would you not vote so we can have a fight? And I'm not giving in to that. Nope. Congrats. Yeah, I'm not giving into it at all. And I don't find this to be like a real oppositional stance or something. And they, like I said, because I, when the, me and Karen post our we just voted photos, we don't ever get no detractors and haters in the comments and shit because people know that there's nothing wrong with what we're doing. Right. Like, like it's, it is what it is, man. This, I'm not fighting you. Jane says, if you didn't think voting matters, just look at Cato Parish Sheriff's election in Louisiana, where a black Democrat candidate won over a white Republican candidate by one vote. One vote. Yeah, and I think they're trying to recall that. Yep, I think Republicans are trying to recall that election or at least recount it or something. Uh, Lee says, rock the vote, y'all. Black power emoji. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will continue to, you know. Everybody do what they want to do, and we'll see what happens. Episode 2815, Standing on Business. Uh, Jay Full says, consider this my brief Republican moment, but take off them goddamn ski masks. I don't want to be walking around and a nigga roll up on me in a shiesty and I got to be like, am I about to get robbed or just a, just a young nigga trying to look cool? If it ain't cold and you ain't skiing, take that shit off. Like, what if your maintenance man roll up to your crib while one of y'all isn't at home for repair in a shiesty, but you got to be so liberal that you're not allowed to get scared or want them to take it off before coming in your house? Fuck that. Yeah, I think that's an extreme situation in the end, but I hear what you're saying. I I mean, I listen, I have a brief Republican moment about this rap lyric shit in trials where they be like, don't use these rap lyrics in the trials. And I'll be like, but the niggas is rapping about the crimes they did. I don't know. Right. Seemed like, a, seemed like finding a diary to me, but it's a diary that was a number one hit. But at the same time, I do understand why you can't use it and why you shouldn't use it. And I'm not on the side of using it, but it's still... I have my brief Republican misgivings. Agreed. So I feel you on the ski mask thing. And it's like I said, it's e- I think also just shit is easy to say on Twitter, but it's hard to live in a reality where uh, that amount of trust is required. Right. Well, you need to look at another black person in a fucking ski mask and go, I trust that black person. They're not going to harm me or do anything shady. And there's no reason for the, there's no bad reason. They're disguising their identity, you know, and nigga, that's great in theory. Yes, it is executed a whole nother motherfucking thing. It's hard. And that's, and as long so people as going to be like, why is your face covered? As long as we, in our conversations, don't admit to the difficulty of that. We're going to always end up in these weird black and white spaces of, uh, so y'all y'all want to call these kids super predator i'm like no but if if motherfuckers is wearing like the mask associated with robberies people might feel a bit conflicted yes yes they might it, it really won't matter what like you can try to turn into a race thing but guess who the people are that don't want these motherfuckers wearing masks the black people that live in the neighborhoods with them so you're not talking about white people coming in and doing this to us. Mm-mm. It's us being like, we don't like this shit. Where the fuck are the laws? And so, <laughs> right? yeah, it's scary, man. Scary. Angela says, hey, Rod and Karen, the scream I scrumped when you said TJ and Amy ex-spouses are now dating. What in the Melrose place? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like the show Andrew Shue 
was in became his real life damn this was the white people news i didn't know i needed it is much better than the jonathan majors news the nerve of that man telling his ex she needed to act like michelle obama or coretta scott king or coretta scottish king as i say (laughs) (laughs) coretta scotland king uh he uh he reminds me of some hoteps i knew back in college but i digress i'm not ashamed to say i need more andrew and mary lee in uh addition to the podcast y'all suggested i need them to have a travel and food show on max or tlc i love mess hashtag i love mess seriously best of luck to them and 2023 is definitely on one going out with a bang thanks for the great show as always xo angela and says Kravis is correct. Rock is part of Black American culture. A retrospective on it would be amazing. I agree. Mm-hmm. Apia says poor big farmer. She farmer is out here booking diverse actors and paying them good money, and also promoting progressive social values and paying old Apia decent money. And does anyone say, "Wow, big farmer, you look somehow less evil this year"? How did you do it? Did you start meditating or something? No, of course not. Now the products aren't sexy enough. Sorry that the products of my industry aren't as sexy as candy or. Something something they'll never be well we never really brought up the amount of unsexy your products are i don't care about that part Mm-mm. i'm saying why can't uh why can't when i see a diverse commercial why can't these other industries step it up so that i don't know it's automatically a big pharma commercial yeah why can't it be like tide or, yeah or we sending you an iron board or amazon like like literally anytime you see that it is some form of hiv for Travada, some, like this something isn't, in that genre. This, this isn't about y'all, big pharma. Okay, I know, <laughs> I know you're huge <laughs> egomaniacs, and you think everything gotta be about you. But I'm sorry, big pharma. This one time, it ain't about you. Diversify your commercials. If you understand what I'm trying to say, it's me saying why can't other people be like big pharma? That's all. We using y'all as the standard, and you took it as an insult. Says a lot about. The narcissism going on, the big farmer. <laughs> okay, I'm not saying Joe Rogan was right. But I, but, okay, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying maybe 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 uh, the quarterback for the Jets made some points. Oh okay? no! I'm just saying. Uh, Chrissy says the home goods that I so that I go to was always busy. Two weeks before Black Friday, I went to browse. Didn't find exactly what I was looking for, but wanted to buy one candle. The line was very long, and this is in the middle of the afternoon on a Wednesday. I just ended up putting the candle back because I didn't feel like standing in line for one candle. Went back the next week around 11 on my lunch break, and it was busier than last week, which I think people were starting their christmas shopping early those they dw are. candles are so good i found a butter pecan one when i went to home goods the last time which was the only one in the store i went on the dw website they were sold out of course hope they get more in stock that was such a nice smelling candle oh, they don't miss eve says i think one of the biggest white versions of standing on businesses i want to speak to your manager <laughs> <laughs> boosie has some nerve sending out a warning about dating his daughter is it this the same guy who bought a prostitute for his 13 year old son he's so gross i agree i don't think he's a good father i there i said it i said it everybody <laughs> okay I'm, this is the podcast is not afraid <laughs> to say boosie might not be a good dad might okay? not I hate to get that controversial, but I had to do it. Gotcha, Frissy. Uh, no comments on YouTube for this episode, so let's go to the Q&A and the polls, and then we'll check the voicemails. I think Jay Fool said he left one, so we probably definitely got at least one. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. The poll was... 
do you have trackers on your children? Because I talked to that cashier, mm-hmm. or she talked to me, really. The cashier <laughs> at home goes, and she told me she got a tracker on her kid, and her sister got three trackers on her kid. So, she, yes, 10% of our audience got trackers on their kids in, on, the, on the website. 14% on Spotify, which makes sense because they got more money to mm-hmm. buy trackers. Uh, 34% do not. 28% do not on Spotify. And 56% don't have kids on our website. 58% don't have kids. Um, so if you really break that down, like take away the fact that the vast majority of you don't have kids, right? right? Just go to the people who have kids. So you have 13% and 28%. So it seems like about a third of you are tracking your kids. And I'm not even judging y'all. I'm just saying, damn, it's got to be hard to get away with shit as a kid now. It is. Uh, Man, uh, when I was, like I thought it was hard when I was a kid. Well, these motherfuckers can't do nothing. No wonder they, they not having sex. They can't. Uh, like it, 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 It's a lot different. Uh, when I was in the office... One of my uh, co-worker, her kids was in like elementary school and she literally could track when they got on the bus, when they got at school and, and, and because they had iPhones and they had the family plan. So she literally could track and see where they were at all day. She could track them when they were on their way home. And yeah, I think now everybody got rings. Everybody got, you know, shit to record. So whenever your child hits the door, you can see them coming in. You can literally see who's coming in with them. You know, they get in the house. Some people have cameras and things in their in their homes and things like that. And kids going to be kids and technology and shit like that. They will still find a way to sneak and do shit. Yeah, but, but these motherfuckers going to have to be like, harder. these motherfuckers going to have to be like Mission Impossible to get away with shit now. Mm-hmm. Like this shit is crazy. They're gonna have to be know the the blind spots in the house and be mm-hmm. suspended from the ceiling and put they track they phone tied to a dog sitting around the neighborhood. Like these motherfuckers gonna have to be clever as hell. Mm-hmm. These these gonna be some little shady kids. No wonder they don't want to be on Instagram and shit with y'all. Like Ooh. y'all motherfuckers is jail. Y'all the wardens. <laughs> yes. Why I want to be on here with my mama? Put on your ankle brace if you're going out. I need to know where you at at all times. Mm-hmm. Y'all just calling y'all kid. Why is your heart rate going up? I'm on your Apple Watch. You better ah! not be having sex or smoking weed. Uh, the, the Q&A was, why can't you be like Scaretta, Coretta Scott King or Michelle Obama? I'm a great man. Oh, no. James says, cue the Clarence Williams III and Eve Plum movie scene from I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. Yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes and one of my favorite movies. The brothers went in with guns. They came out with jobs Clarence Williams III rest in peace one of my favorite actors of all time <laughs> Raphael says <laughs> Abraham Lincoln was a poor white racist piece of trash oh no anyway, <laughs> that's Raf- hilarious Raphael says as a Kang variant I'm about to offer a defense but we do no partners we just great like that however if you can be a Beyonce come through let's rule this timeline upgrade me and my glorious purpose Drew, Dr. Uzo says him asking that woman to be Michelle Obama is a stretch. Well, he must not have the been the only great actor in a relationship if he was expecting all that. Alicia says Malcolm had Betty, Mega had Murley, George had Wheezy, bitch, be my rock, Jonathan Majors. <laughs> not bitch, be my rock. Lee, Leash says, I mean, do these abusive men have a manual somewhere? I swear they all do the exact same shit. Um, yeah, the more more stuff has come out since we did this episode mm-hmm. and once again, this is why Ooh, I don't child. This is why you can always depend on the Blackout Tips podcast and at least me. 
to never be on here like, see these, they trying to take a black man down. See, when you see a brother rise, nah, I'm not doing that. Because then now I look like a fucking fool right. six weeks, six months later because you got text messages like, I didn't beat you in the face too bad, did I? Like, yeah, you did it, nigga. Shut the fuck up. Uh, oh my God, Rod and I had the same issues with candles at Marshall's. My favorite candle is DW Cotton Blossom, and I haven't been able to find it since. I've been on the hunt for years. Well, they probably discontinued that because it sounds racist. So uh, that's not. Cotton it's not blossom. The same. It sounds like a flower. Cotton blossom is uh, cotton blossoms. Cotton. That's the cotton plant is a flower. Uh, duh, duh. My, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm thinking something else. I was like, it's not a I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I was like, what kind of flower is that? <laughs> I'm slow today, my bad. Quee or Key Taylor writes in, my granddad used to tell me I was cruising for a bruise when I was a child. Now say it, now I say it to my niece and nephews. Cynthia says, voted yes-ish in the poll because me, my daughter, and my mom can see each other's location. We all just check. My daughter is fresh out of high school and in college in Atlanta. Nothing crazy, though. Yeah, I, I, the jury was the one for me. I was like, ooh, that's that's different. I didn't know y'all was doing that. Like, that sounds like some shit from Taken. When you put it like a, like, I could track her through a jury. I'm like, damn, and she don't even know? That's wild. And, like, what happens when they find out? Because I guarantee you they don't have every single design of jury. So somebody going to mm-hmm. see that necklace black. Like, my mama put a track on me like that. Mm-hmm. And then now you got to deal with the trust issues. Yep. But that's for you to deal with, not me. Um, all right, let's move to the next segment. Uh, let's do voicemails and then we'll do doing it for the gram. Uh, I don't know who the first voicemail is from. I guess we'll find out together. Hey, what's up, Ron and Karen? Um, this is Jay Full. I think it's my first oh, okay. voicemail. Obviously, I've been listening for over a decade, but anyway, um, calling in to uh comment about uh Karen's comments about there being too many streaming services and just you know, you guys been saying this for for years um but yeah i just want to piggyback on what she said uh i i want to preface this with you know i might be a little bit biased because i work for you know one of the oldest and most successful streaming companies but you know there are too many um and it's so funny that um you know they seem to have forgotten a very basic economic principle microeconomic principle which is the addressable wallet and nobody except for like the Jeff Bezos of the world have unlimited money. Right. So the rest of us, we got to choose, you know, where we spend our money on because it's not unlimited. And even if all of the streaming services had perfect content that we all love, the reality is both of us couldn't afford it. You know, all of them, even if we wanted to. Right. And it's so funny that now, um, the streaming services are like bundling up with each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there was a story about Apple TV and um, and Paramount um, bundling up. And uh, my company, our Black Friday sale was getting niggas to sign up for another, like add on for another streaming company that's not affiliated with our company. Mm. So it's uh, funny, you know, now everybody's like, I'd rather have 60% of the subscription money than no subscription money. So, um, yeah, this, it'll be interesting to see where this goes in the future. All right, peace. Yeah, and I 100% agree. Like I said, I had a problem with this from the very beginning because the Netflix model was simpler, and you could literally go to Netflix, and anything you could think under underneath the sun was there. And it's things now where, not trying to be funny, 
I will automatically go to Netflix. And enough people have searched for some shit that's not on Netflix. It'll pop up. You'll be like, but it ain't here. That means that a lot of people still have Netflix as their primary service. And they think if I have something is streaming, it should be on Netflix. Like, it should be. And so it's one of these things where, yeah, they're bundling up. Just like cable companies, they're bundling up because they realize it's hard out here for a pimp. And Netflix was like, hey, dog, we went through all the growing pains. We've, we actually listened to our customers. We worked. I don't know if Netflix has a, what you call it, a trademark, but it's some shit that Netflix does. Like, everybody can do this, but apparently everybody can't, and they don't, and it makes a difference. And most of the streaming services are all right, but when it comes to Netflix over the years, they have done shit that you didn't even know you needed. You know, I, I press play. Now, if I'm, you know, I like a lot of anime. So if I'm watching, you know, 45 episodes of Scissor 7, they know it's going to be the same goddamn theme song. So you know what? I can skip. I can skip. Ending, I can skip. I can skip. Just shit like that to save you time. Now they be like, is you there? Are you, are you still there? Have you failed to sleep? Shit like that. Like shit that other services just don't have. And they actually cannot compete. And they realizing that they cannot compete. I think they a lot of them took Netflix for granted, and they think, well, we're just paying them. They're a waste of time and a waste of money. It must be easy. That's literally what they did with Netflix. Everybody else looked at Netflix and said, it must be easy. Then it was like, bitch, it ain't easy. It's, this is really, really hard, and it costs a whole lot of money and a whole lot of manpower. But they was like, we don't sunk this money in. You know, we we, we going to see, you know, how long this lasts. And most of them have not made a profit. Probably will never make a profit. And so I think the reality of we need to combo this up is real because now whenever you log on certain things, they'll be like, hey, here is Disney and Hulu. Here is such a, such a, such a, such a, such a, such a. Oh, you got this? Pay $3 extra a month and you could add some of these other services to this package, you know, versus you paying full price for each of them individually, and, you know, and shit like that. So like you said, they really take 60% and actually probably going to end up, possibly end up being less than that because I think as time goes along and as less and less people go to the movies and more and more people actually be like, I'm going to start streaming, it's going to make people make, decisions and cables done went up and shit too so you know and for a lot of people the cost that they're investing for some people in these streaming services is literally the cost of cable yep i agree um and uh yeah you said it all let's go to the next voicemail it's from uh d hey rod and karen this is ramsey jenkins from texas real quick because i know i don't have much time I started going back because, of course, I'll hop on the live and then something will distract me or something will come up and I can't finish the live. So I'm going back doing the shows and I am so, so blown away by just how compassionate, how thoughtful, how caring you all are when it comes to like feedback and listening to what we as listeners and viewers have to say about certain topics. The power of the vote, this is going to be one of my new faves for this year as we're getting ready to head into 2024. I just love how you all, like, deconstruct it, put it back together, and then, you know, we're black people, so we're coming from a perspective of what we've witnessed in America as black people. So I thank you all for your authenticity. I thank you for your passion, and I thank you all for just, you know, tackling tough issues and putting a more human spin on them. So I appreciate, appreciate you all. 
I'm going to get caught up eventually. I'm going to stay in the live. I'm not going to get too distracted. But y'all have a good day. And just thank you all for being so passionate about things that affect not only the black community, but our entire world. All right. Y'all have a great day. Aww. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because we have to live in this world. We have to exist in this world. And everybody experiences is different. And like I said, the thing about us, our experience is, is a, actually not trying to find a different black experience because we've met people and interacted with people outside of the South and their perspective on blackness and how they feel about things. Some of them are the same. And then some of them are completely different depending on how uh, their environment has impacted them. Yeah, I think when you approach anything on just like trying not to start at the you disagree with me so you're stupid and worthless. If you approach things with without that, a lot of times like you have to make room for other people's perspectives and I think that's what I try to do. I'm not always capable of it of it. Um but a lot of times I try to do that with people I feel are well-meaning or very similar to me rather than just castigating them and throwing them out. It's like no, you thought about this probably as much as I did. You came to your conclusion, and it is what it is, and I'm going to try to respect that, but you know, but I'm not going to lose myself in the fact that you feel a different way, so I better agree with you. Like, nah, I'm cool with being like, yeah, I, I respect where you're coming from, but it's not how I would do it, and I'm sure that you feel the same about me. Uh, what we do for a living is too um we give our opinion too much for us to be so fucking miss like nobody's opinion but ours account like is that would be insane that's just narcissism agreed agreed and a lot of times you know with the exception of sometimes particularly with Roderick, our thoughts are well thought out like we don't come at this with no bullshit like you know, so most of the time, any counter arguments, quote unquote, anything we've thought about it, we consider it, and, and this is the conclusion that we have. Uh, next voicemail. Hi, this is Mignon, longtime listener um, and big fan of the Black Guy Who Tips. I'm going to try to keep it short. Um, I just have two thoughts I want to share. The first is something that came up from the conversation about Julie's email, and I'll skip most of my reactions because I know y'all have talked that all the way through. The only thing I'll add is I wonder if some people like Julie, but I imagine she's certainly not alone, but I wonder if some folks are challenged by the idea that many millennials see a kind of futility of, you know, working themselves to death for a company when the payoffs that we were supposed to be able to access like stable housing and stuff seem wholly out of reach because it's a lot easier to position millennials at fault as in the position we find ourselves in is our fault because we're, you know, eating avocado toast or wanting to work less or whatever. But I'm, I feel like that's a lot easier to wrap our minds around than kind of squaring the fact that as a generation, we've been fucked because that violates these kind of myths about society that we all have, regardless of generation. Right. Been said. Um, the other thing I wanted to share was I don't agree with everything you said about Palestine and Israel, but one of the points um, I do agree with you on that that's what I actually want to raise up is that it must be terrible for people, whether they're Palestinian or Jewish, which is something that you both said. Um, That's really real. I'm a high school teacher, and what I've been seeing in the classroom has been really intense. Like, teenagers are inundated with so much propaganda and just unregulated content. And 
you know, not just teenagers, you know, so many folks are just unequipped to filter through it because of the lack of media literacy in this country. And so while I've seen this kind of huge spike in support for Palestine from young people who like three months ago had very little interest in global politics, right? I'm also seeing huge spikes in anti-Semitism mm-hmm. and helping them try to understand the complexities of all this while, you know, a full-blown genocide is unfolding before our very eyes is incredibly difficult, um, especially because of the constraints of teaching. <laughs> She got cut off, but she called back. Mignon again. Okay, I was so close. But yeah, all I was saying is that, you know, helping kind of young people understand the complexities of all this while a full-blown genocide is happening is really hard, um, especially, you know, because of just the the way that teaching, you know, we kind of have our hands tied in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just wanted to note that you both were right when you mentioned that, when you were talking about that kind of human peace for affected communities. Um, And I just wanted to note that, young people um, I'm seeing are really struggling to engage in that reality without falling into racist and ethnophobic lines of thinking. Right. Um, So I just appreciate that you guys are raising that conversation, even if there are pieces that I disagree with you on, um, because I think that piece that you raised up, I really, really connect with. Um, Thanks for everything that you both do. Karen and Rod, y'all are fantastic. Um, Big shout out to the Black Eye Who Tips for everything you do. All right. Uh, Thanks. Bye. Thank you. And, you know, as far as the disagreement thing, I don't think it's possible for anyone to do a podcast episode or even an entire podcast dedicated to Israel, Palestine and come away with. And we agree on everything. It's too fucking much stuff. Yes, it is. So I don't even know what you disagreed about, but I assumed everybody that heard the sound of my voice had some part of that they disagreed about with something. I mean, I don't even think I'm that passionate and I don't really think I took that hard line of a stance on all of it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if you did your own podcast and you had your hour and a half to come out here and break down the conflict in the ways you feel all right, someone be leaving a message for you going, I don't agree with everything you said, but hopefully they say the other part that you said, which is, you know, you appreciate what we tried to do and, you know, whatnot. Because... You know, I don't I don't know where you disagree with, but it could be anything. You know, you you could be the person that's like, and they should kill 15,000 people or whatever. And I'd be like, yeah, see, I don't agree with that. So I don't I don't know where your angle of disagreement would be. But I, I don't this don't seem like the kind of conversation where you we would expect or anyone should expect Um some sort of like complete agreement i i don't don't think it's even possible no it's it's impossible because there's a lot of moving factors there's a lot of facts there's a lot of history there's a lot of some people know things that other people don't some people uh you know uh, are more diverse in that area in that region and some people are not so people are talking from different perspectives and from different knowledges and different understanding and you know, some people, particularly here in the South, are maybe talking for a place where this shit wasn't even really touched. Unless, not trying to funny, it was like an AP history or some shit like that where they actually went into depths and details and shit like that. But I wasn't, so no, we didn't need to even talk about this, these types of things. Yeah, so, you know, and I don't, and I think, honestly, if anything should come across in that conversation was how, how much we were like, we don't know all the facets and ins and outs. Mm-hmm. I just know what I've been listening to and hearing from other people. Mm-hmm. This is not my lived experience. Mm-mm. I can only have empathy and imagine what it's like to be over there. So, you know, hopefully people weren't holding us to too high of a bar on that because, you know, you I, I this one thing I'm extremely aware of is people on either side of this could easily 
run circles around me. So I'm not even coming at this with the ego of like, you should agree with what I have to say. I think we said several times, at least I did many times in that conversation, hey, check out these other sources that know more than me that are talking to experts. Right. And, uh, you know, so there, if you disagree, there's really no need to even bring it up because I, I don't even know. I'm telling you I don't know. I can't tell you more that I don't know. So, all right. There we go. Next voicemail. Hey, Rod. Hey, Karen. This is Kiana. So I'm listening to the episode, uh, I believe it's Standing on Business, and y'all were talking about how the teenage kids up in Philly are wearing the ski mask and they're trying to uh, legislate uh, against that. And you specifically mentioned D.C. and how time has been on the rise. Uh, I'm a native Washingtonian, and now I live just outside of D.C., like literally five minutes outside of D.C., um, and we also are having an upswing in crime. We've been having a lot of, like, carjackings and things like that. And what we're finding is that there are a lot of older people who are getting the kids to commit the crimes because the kids don't get as much time. And we recently oh. tried to do some, like, justice reform stuff where the kids don't really spend time in. And so there's even more incentive for the adults to get the kids to commit the crimes. And so, you know, I'm... I'm on my council and a lot of people are like, we got to get the kids to stay in longer and all this other stuff. And like, I agree 100% with what you said about the crime bill happening all over again. And so me and some other black legislators at Prince George's County are like, you know, the answer is not locking the kids up for an indefinite amount of time. It's investing in the schools. It's diversion programs. It's after school activities. It's actual resources in the community to keep the kids from having a need to go out and commit the crime. And it's also mental health care because a lot of the kids who are out here are traumatized because they don't have community support. So I agree with everything you said. This is absolutely right for going back to the crime bill and black people will once again be like, we don't understand how this happened, even though by and large, we're the ones saying that the kids need to be locked up longer. Like it's fucked up, but part of living in a carceral system for your entire life is people not really understanding what's operating outside of that system looks like. Um, and the ways that you can actually get people support so that they don't wind up in the system. So, anyway, that's all I had to say. Love y'all. And- she called back. Hey, Ron and Karen, it's Karen again. Okay, so I'm still listening to the episode, and I'm listening to the part now where y'all are talking about uh, the law that would make it illegal to do anonymous uh, sperm donations. So, first of all, well, I know you love a good documentary. You've probably already seen it, but there's one on Netflix called Our Father. Yes, I saw About it. a doctor who back in, I want to say, like, mm-hmm. maybe the 80s or 90s, was one of the first doctors who was doing in vitro with live sperm. And people were thinking they were, like, getting the sperm they requested out of the catalog or their spouse. whole time, the doctor was using his sperm. That is wild as shit. Um he ended up doing this and creating over like a hundred and something kids that were his. And they found out that <clears throat> this is what happened, that, that they had siblings through 23andMe. You specifically mentioned 23andMe. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to bring up is what makes this so scary is Roe v. Wade didn't overturn. It wasn't abortion. It was your right to medical privacy. And I knew and you knew and we were shouting at that when Roe v. Wade got overturned. That was just going to be the beginning mm-hmm. of Republicans reaching in and doing a whole bunch of stuff that they have no business doing and taking away your privacy. Will we wait being overturned is what makes it easier to do this. So yep. that's it. Y'all have a good day. 
Love you. Bye. Uh, thank you, Kiana, and uh, great points. Thank you. I appreciate you. Um, and yeah, we knew Roe v. Wade was the first step, and uh, it, and this ain't the last step. This newest step. Um, I, I and I did watch that documentary. Yeah, and 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 the thing is. <laughs> uh, when she was talking about like the the, the uh, with the kids and the you know and people talking about lock them up and the thing is uh, what's so wild is because of the structure of this country if somebody in D.C. would say hey we understand that people are complaining about these bills but like, hey a lot of these youths are committing these crimes because you know they're being you know recruited by older people mm -hmm. what we're going to do is we're going to increase your taxes by five percent or two percent or whatever and take this money and put it back a lot of those same people would complain so you can't have it both ways you can't well, be like so you can have it both ways but the thing is i think people are like maybe that's an alternative they listen to some of these places have done things like that right mm -hmm. but there's a couple of hard things that I think people are having trouble balancing. One, people that do crimes don't necessarily follow all the logical steps uh, yeah, that we true. agree that they should. You right. know, because they're breaking laws, right? Yeah, it's like mm -hmm. the limits of stuff like reformative justice. That it's the stuff we don't want to talk about. It's right. the yes. it's like I believe in reformative justice. I believe in second chances. What do you do when a person's like, uh, first chance, because I'm not saying the crime you say I did, I'm not agreeing that I did that. Right. Or I don't think it was wrong that I beat my wife well, or whatever. I don't want to participate in the system. Yeah. And right. if you let me out, I am going to beat her ass again. Mm -hmm. and ain't shit you going to do about it. Like, then we got now, now we have a fucking limit to our community idea because this person is essentially opting out of community. Yes. So it requires a buy in even from people who, by the nature of crime, it is alluring to people that that is people not buying in to a social construct. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a big part of it. The second part of it is we assume that the black people in these communities do not want to be like we'll we'll regret this 90 crime bill resurgent idea we assume that they're gonna look back and be like fuck we lost a whole generation to incarceration and i'm not sure they will because like while that is how twitter skews i don't know if you go in there and talk to like a black person that was alive during the crack 80s and 90s right and said hey you were one of the people pushing to get these people off the street do you regret what that did to your community some of them might be like, I actually do not. Yeah. Because for you, it was a theory, a highfalutin thing but in the I halls of power. For yeah, me, I, it was I my every, car was stolen. Yes, I couldn't keep I, People were getting killed. I No police was coming. Right. I did not see these people as like this. Get it, I didn't see them as salvageable. I didn't see them as they just need some rehabilitation and reform. I saw them as get them off the streets and... I feel like we're getting there without crack. Like we're getting yeah, without crack. And and this is how it happens. I watched that happen before in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. This is how it happens is us being like, yeah, no ski mask. Okay. You know what? Why aren't the kids in jail longer? And next thing you know, you go, oh, they passed a bill. Oh shit. Everybody's locked up. Who did this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, all right. Oh, uh, I decided not to do keeping for the, uh, doing it for the gram we'll do it on a regular show because this is going to be three four hours if we do keep doing it for the gram today okay so i'm gonna go to the emails which we did get a lot of and it's probably gonna still take another 30 45 minutes so no problem uh kiana writes in um or kiana uh i am listening to this episode uh, about uh the power to vote 
uh i'm listening to this episode now let me say i'm so thankful that you all created a space where this kind of discourse can take place i agree with everything that's been said especially when rod said that a lot of anger around this topic is because people are confused and most direct about the most direct path forward i wanted to add my two cents i think another issue is everyone is terrified many of us americans are terrified of what another four years of trump as president will mean these fears are valid because our freedom and the freedom of our kids and grandkids are on the line naturally there are israeli and palestinian people who are horrified their fears are valid because their freedom and the freedom of their kids and grandkids are on the lines mm -hmm. and the people whose family are being directly affected and even those passively watching and affected and horrified affected and horrified i think a lot of the discourse devolves to anger because everyone is scared of what they have to lose and many are unrelenting when it comes to acknowledging the fears of others we are trying to battle future terror against future and current terror fear often brings out the worst in us as i'm still listening y'all mentioned fear also think that some of what takes this topic hard makes this topic hard to discuss is the conflict that many people may be feeling inside about what they've been raised to believe many of us were raised to always support israel because of the horrors jewish people have faced they could have be they could be having a crisis of conscience many were raised to see what is happening as an extension of the occupation of the palestinian people and they are mad that others don't immediately see it that way right i grew up in a family that didn't discuss geopolitics even though black people have always been affected by them hell my great-grandparents left north carolina during the great migration as so many thousands of others did but it didn't learn i didn't learn the truth about how israel became a country until recently as a christian i always grew up pro-israel <clears throat> i thought that was the only option because that's all that was presented to me yes yeah, it's, it's so interesting about the christian connection because a lot of the pro-israel thing is some weird prophecy about how like jewish people need to be there when jesus returns or something now as a person that don't believe in any of that shit i'm like uh this cannot be a reason uh anyway it's i just yeah it's like man people are really dying over this really dying y'all and like it's not even coming from a good place in the republican party that's like pro-christian because it's, it's on some like well we need the jewish people there so that the, the end of the world can happen it's like what wait that's your reason that's your reason yeah, what's the logic <laughs> behind it uh anyway uh hell my great grandparent and oh, i said that uh i thought that that was the only option in the pyramid. learning more about the issues from credible sources and squaring my ideals and values in ways that don't center christianity as i've learned it has helped me be objective and acknowledge that while every country has the right to defend its residents this is clearly a genocide i can criticize the israeli government and still have empathy for jewish people who are scared while shouting free palestine there can be a both and but looking at things only in a binary right and wrong makes people feel like they have control that they do not have yeah i like i said the conversation i've been hearing is the people that are angry uh israel and jews seem to be like they start saying that's the same to them and the israeli government and the israeli people to them all the same and zionist and jewish people all the same and then the same thing with people that are upset on the other side hamas and palestinians to them all the same is and neither side seems to relent on that when they're upset and it's not my history mm -mm. so maybe they so they feel know. there's some valid reason that i just don't understand to say that but uh that's that's the the nut of it you know 
I know this is long, so I'm gonna wrap up with this. I had to go look at my will of emotions under anger is threatened, frustrated, and offended. Under fear is vulnerable, rejected, and worried. Under disgust is resentful and disappointed. People are having a lot of really huge feelings, and you can't unpack those if you are constantly absorbing things or engaging with people, making you feel overwhelmed. It would do us all some good to unplug a bit and really decipher what is happening in the world and how we feel about it. Yeah. And good luck with that. Uh <laughs> Somebody sent us a, another gender wars thing about women who were also skilled hunters in ancient times, and it's very long, and thank you, but I'm not reading it. Kevin says, dear, listen, we don't do those type of gender wars content. We just need a video with some people being We need to be short stupid. and sweet and straight to the point. Kevin says, Dear Ryder Karen, yesterday for my job, I had to drive for several hours, took advantage of the time to listen to at least three episodes of your podcast. I enjoyed all of them, but I was particularly impressed by episode 2814, where you discussed the power to vote. I think you guys did an excellent job of explaining how black Americans should view voting and you two are co- why and why you two are so committed to using the power of your vote. This episode is particularly thought-provoking for me personally. For a variety of reasons, I decided to retire in Texas, and I, here I can see so clearly what happens when people do not use the power of their vote. At any rate, I just want to congratulate you both on putting out such great podcast episode, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah, it's always interesting when we do shows like that because that's one of those shows where I'm like, this is going to be a drag. It's not going to be funny. I don't have a lot of jokes and segments. I don't even know if people will skip this or whatever, but it feels important, and I want to say this, and I'm glad this person wrote in so we can talk about it, and hopefully it kind of puts it to bed. And honestly, y'all's response this week has been overwhelming. Mm -hmm overwhelmingly positive and understanding and empathetic and it and i'm glad we did it honestly i'm glad we did it the show you know i even ended it someone had someone had hit me up a friend hit me up on twitter and was like man you really sounded upset or you da 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 and i was like i'm actually not upset and i i really hope that's not what came out of that because i'm not mad it's like well at the end you didn't even do segments you just ended the show and i was like oh that's because i just felt it was that important right yeah i really didn't feel like us doing guests the race after that or whatever i need people to understand we feel that important it's not a joke for us we're not having fun with this and we're not taunting and teasing people we're not trying to antagonize people Mm -mm. we are as soberly seriously minded about our right to vote and using it as people are about not using theirs and that's it we don't need to even fight about it you know Zinzi writes back in. Zinzi, of course, the emailer who you know wrote us about it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Dear Rod and Karen, I wanted to write in and thank you again for reading my email and for also seeking clarification about what I meant when I wrote in. I'm a few episodes behind, but my brother told me about. Okay, your brother. Okay, we putting the family on. <laughs> Shout out to your brother. My brother told me about my email being addressed on episode 2814, so I skipped ahead and listened to it. I was very surprised he dedicated an entire episode to my email because I didn't really expect it to evoke such a strong reaction. I do have a clearer understanding now of your position on voting and other forms of action as ways to get the government to do more. There are many atrocities taking place around the world at any given time, and while my sole focus isn't the genocide in Gaza, I will admit that seeing the violence being inflicted on Palestinians day after day has made it stand out more prominent than me. Mm-hmm. yeah man i mean we are absorbing so much mm-hmm. and i and i don't think uh we've really even thought about how much we're seeing i'm not even saying good or bad but how much more we're just seeing of the world now because of the internet and i don't think i don't know what kind of person could see the videos even the ones i've seen which i have not seen all or many i do not go down that rabbit hole Mm -mm. but 
even the ones that have slipped through the cracks where you just see like children or the rubble or this person's entire family is dead or this professor that I don't know how you see that and feel nothing. And if you feel nothing in like, and your heart is that hardened, I don't think there's a thing I could say or anyone could say that would reach you. Agreed. Because, you know, I don't know how that's not sad. You know, I just don't. So, yeah, I I, I think the people that have kind of like allowed themselves to kind of go down that path on social media. I remember I logged in my TikTok one day. I'd never really be on TikTok. Mm-hmm. But like if I log into TikTok, it's just, you know, like for a few seconds, maybe scroll some videos and I'm out. Like I, if I'm not posting a video of myself, I have nothing to say. But I remember going on TikTok one day a few weeks ago. And someone had tagged me to like 20 videos of like Palestinian children, dead people, all this different stuff. And I don't know why they tagged me specifically. I don't know what I was supposed to get from that. Um, I, I, you know, once they didn't leave any commentary for me, they didn't Mm. direct message me like with a, Hey Rod, da, 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 da. It was like, and I would imagine if I would have logged in and someone had tagged me to 20 images of October 7th and, you know, people bringing up like sexual assault and kidnap victims and stuff, same, same thing. Like it would mean you've been scrolling and seeing this stuff and you're sharing it with me to how somehow emotionally affect me. So that I go, fuck, fuck whatever I was saying before. Fuck my rational brain. I'm on this side now, but I don't, one, I don't even know what you would get from me just blindly going, I'm on this side. But also, like, that, you don't see how that says something about what you've been scrolling, what you've been seeing. You don't see how that, like, the fact that you would send me what I would consider to be pretty horrific images, like, so that I log into TikTok and the first thing I see is 20 horrific videos. You don't think that's, you've lo- kind of lost something there? You know what I mean? Like, and I and I say this as a person that would just never do that. Like, if even if I disagree with somebody, like let's say I listened to a podcast and I thought they were wrong about something they said about Black Lives Matter or something they said about black people and police. In my mind, I would never be like, I'm going to send them 20 police brutality videos. They need to see this. And, I, and for the record, I don't know what I would have said to make people feel like I need to see that a bunch of, like, anyway. The point being, like, I feel like the internet is doing something to us, and we lost something. Even if we're not actively participating in the discussions, the fact that we're seeing so much of the conflict and the discussions and the slants and the let me cherry pick this thing and cherry pick that thing and put together this, this is my argument, I think it's affecting the, the discourse that we're having, period. I appreciate your point of view, and it really did help me see better why some of the discussions I've seen are going the way they are. I also agree with you that America is not a good country, and I've known that for most of my adult life. We are practically controlled by America's quest for world domination and selective recognition of international human rights law. In spite of all this, though, I'm an eternal optimist, so I guess it never really occurred to me that you would feel almost the same way about the U.S. as I feel about my country, Nigeria. My optimism is really all I have left, and I think that's probably why I keep doing, hoping for a swift turnaround and at least one of the many man-made catastrophes going on now. Yeah, I feel you because obviously the urgency would save lives. Yes. So I'm not knocking that. Mm-mm. But I guess 
maybe I'm that cynical or pessimistic. I don't view any of these struggles as, oh, we'll get a quick resolution because they're not quick in the making. It's like, it's like me being like, I'm not going to eat McDonald's today. Then I should, then I will have lost the weight. And you're like, Mm -mm. no, I made a lot of little decisions that led to me being the way that I am. I would have to make a lot of those prolonged decisions the other way normally to, to balance that out. And I think, you know, we are constantly in our politics looking for the fad diet of politics to, to resolve conflicts that go on forever you know it's like decades centuries right yeah like we can solve racism with this new law and i'm like it'll never Mm -hmm. solve it because it ain't we didn't make racism with one law and it'll be undone with one law right uh, the only thing I have to say to correct from this episode is that I personally don't engage in online debates about politics. I do a lot of reading and observing, but I don't go back and forth with people because I learned from you that guys, you guys at social media is not the place for that. Well, I'm sorry if we uh, implied that and mm-hmm. I apologize. I did. I tried. That's one of the reasons I actually hit you up to clarify stuff is because I didn't want to do a whole lot of projecting onto you and your email. Um about like this must be your position on this and i I apologize if that's what happened on that point because i i you know i'm trying my best to not personalize any of this shit because i just think is the conversation we want to have and the as passionate as it was it was really not really about you it was more i took the opportunity to be like let's just talk about voting and how we feel about it right now period Mm-hmm. And you had a, your email was a great jumping off point, and it's something I've been thinking about already. So. Right. I'll go back to catching up on the podcast now, and I look forward to more of your insightful discussions. Before I leave, I would like to say that the banter is excellent, and it makes me feel even more like I'm catching up with a distant cousins. I hope you keep doing it for as long as you enjoy it, and I really love when Karen takes us on an unexpected but hilarious journey. Have a blessed weekend, and thanks again. <laughs> Thank you, baby. Yeah, and I, I, I hope you uh, still do your banter, Karen, because I don't care if it's about cleaning or whatever. It's just, okay. It's, I am about to say it's just, mundane, boring shit. Yeah, it's fine it's fine okay. like even if part of the joke is that it's just mundane <laughs> shit don't don't stop i i like that you are contributing to the show off top like that okay because i know i'm the one that finds the articles and stuff so you don't always have a thing to say about an article or you don't always you know have like you might not it's news to you so mm-hmm. you're still taking it in but yes yeah I don't, so just don't stop okay because i noticed the last couple of times you didn't have any and i don't want you to feel like you know, if I don't have like some jokes, then I can't do this. <laughs> right. We'll make it a joke. Okay. P.S. If you ever look for looking for something to read on the Palestinian perspective, may I recommend one, the Hundred Years War on Palestine by Rashid I. Khalidi. And I think he may have been interviewed on one of the podcasts I listened to. Um, two, Light in Gaza, Writings Born of Fire, edited by Jihad Absud. Uh, Abdul Salim and Jennifer Bing and Michael Merriman Lotzi, I think is how you said. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Allegra says, episode 2810616 day. Hello, you two. It's been a long time since I've written in, but I have a few things to touch on and did not want to have three to five lo- leave three to five voicemails, so I decided to Billy Rod and read my thoughts. I'll try to keep it cute. Cute. One. In the last feedback episode, many folks felt attached to the talk about loneliness you two had a couple of weeks ago. I'm one of them. I too am an introvert, but one of my hypersocial one who is hypersocial when I want to be. And then I have the subsequent recharge time alone. 
Being gregarious and empathetic is super draining. Anyway, during COVID lockdown, I had to find some joy in a dire situation. I found it, 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 I found it in not having tons of people out and having to navigate those interactions. Even though I have some, uh, had some calm with that, it was still riddled with the fear of catching COVID and just how empty and desolate the world felt. I was discussing this with my partner. He is the type who would do better in the office in person, though he is introverted in the same way I am. And I find more peace in working from home. Unfortunately, we are still feeling the effects of the trauma of COVID lockdown. And since we do not know how to talk as a collective in a healthy way about it, we are all sort of clunking through and trying to get to a sense of wholeness and community again. Agreed. Apia and her journey to find a black friend is cute but you're right Rod it is a very thin line I love that you continue to remind her that perhaps her advantage is that racism hits ever so slightly different other countries so I keep keep my fingers crossed that she continues to be smart and logical yeah we're all rooting for her Just, yeah we are you know it's a little scary cause I'm telling you you playing with a black it, it, audience it's a roller coaster ride Apia you like one fucking like random I touched her hair today <laughs> and then it's gonna be like man the whole audience it's turned to right. Apia and then Apia is one of these overthinking people that's always trying to like you know <laughs> f- resolve the conflict within and next thing you know it's gonna be her writing 67 <laughs> comments and it's gonna be like Apia no amount of, no amount of comments will resolve this so well, Apia gonna have us we was rooting for you we was all rooting for you how dare you so I'm just trying I'm just trying to help I'm just trying to help we is rooting for you Apia three I feel so special when I hear our girl Allegra it, it makes me miss podcasting even more also makes me appreciate how gracious you two are in guest appearing on podcasts no matter how big or small they are yeah because we went on their podcast and we talked about music and it mm-hmm. was fun um finally here's my address for a mailing for a christmas card and then i'm gonna read her address out loud to everybody no. just kidding karen obviously i'm just kidding good grief really you fell for that john rice i will always be a sucker for that no <laughs> john rice saying good morning rod and karen uh one of the things that i think many people especially younger people and people in other countries don't really appreciate is just how much we have lost in america in the result of some very close elections the 2000 election came down to only 500 out of 12 million votes in florida mm-hmm. this gave us the clown george w bush the president who started the wars in iraq and afghanistan passed the patriot act expanding domestic surveillance and eroding privacy rights yes gave us the tsa Started the torture of enemy combatants, fueled rampant Islamophobia, and was the first open Christian nationalist we had since Reagan. It put John Roberts and Sam Alito into the Supreme Court, resulting eventually in the gutting of the Voting Rights Act. Citizens United, the Heller decision making gun restrictions all but impossible, literal centuries of progress down the drain because of 500 plus votes in one state. Mm-hmm. 2004 came down to just one state again, this time Ohio. This time the margin was 118,000 votes, but that is still out of 6 million Ohio voters, only a tiny 2% margin in one state. Obama wins huge in 2008, but honestly, he seemed cool enough even for white people to vote for him. In 2012, however, his re-election margin comes down to only two states and D.C., another pretty tight election because of the antiquated electoral system we have, which gives outsized power to low population, mostly white states. 2016 comes down to only 70,000 votes in just three counties to give the election to Trump, 70K out of 14 million votes in those crucial states. Trump's election gives us a Muslim travel ban, trans military ban, babies in cages, the largest tax cut for the wealthy in history. Even worse, he gets three justices on the Supreme Court who strip women of their right to abortion, kill affirmative action, overturn vaccine requirements, and effectively kill Biden's student loan relief plan. 
Biden wins in 2020 again, but it's only by razor-thin margins at the crucial state level. He wins Wisconsin, Georgia, and Arizona, but only by 40K, 42K votes out of 11.6 million votes in those states. Razor fucking thin. We've lost voting rights, gun restrictions, campaign finance laws, abortion, and so many other things because of SCOTUS decision determined by the W and Trump appointed justices, all because of a measly 80K vote deficit in 20, 2000 and 2016 elections combined. Five of the six current right-wing assholes on the Supreme Court are there because of those two elections. 80,000 votes, five lifetime appointments on the highest court in the land. Right! We also now have an asshole shit show in the House. We can kiss COVID funding goodbye and any money for Ukraine, too. GOP will likely try to impeach Biden and continue to try to thwart the January 6th investigations, all because of voters in a handful of districts in California and New York decided not to even bother voting in 2022. Yeah, um, I, I just want to say also with this, um, the way we talk about it or the way it's talked about online, it's always like the Biden administration stopped COVID funding. It's like, that's not what happened. Right. I need you to be accurate because this is the, the bigger thing for me. I felt this for so fucking long. The entire exercise of how we vote and why we have politicians is strictly an exercise in us not blaming our fellow citizens for how fucked up shit is and saying, this is actually what you want. Yes! This is on you. But no, we go, it's the Biden fault. It's, the pre it's, it's this person's fault. No, you voted for these people or you refused to not vote for them. And so now this is where we're at. And it's really your fault. Your fellow citizen is not on your side they're not they're fucking dumb they're racist they're bigoted they're petty they're all these things but we're able to coexist by having these avatars that we blame for everything so it's uh it's joe biden's old and that's the problem it's like that the problem not even fucking old the problem is half the fucking country does want women not to have the right to have an abortion that's the problem you go to work with the problem you go to church with the problem. The problem live across the street from you, across the hall from you. The problem is on the bus with you. The problem is at DW buying pineapple cake candles, which are back in stock on the website I just bought for. The problem is right the fuck there. And we, but saying this, this other shit makes us feel better. But the, the, that's why we have to vote, in my opinion. That's why we have to use the tool we gotten to be like, because they're not going to stop. They're not no. going to stop and they don't get discouraged and they don't give up and they don't quit and they don't go home and go, it'll get better from my right. side. They just stay on our ass and it's just, we can't stop running in my opinion. So I'm not going to stop voting. Right. And I 100% agree. Uh, people use politicians as avatar to deflect from their uh, uh, responsibility. You know, and I will say it, I will forever say this is, and this is how I truly feel. If you don't participate in the system and things happen, happen to roll a certain way that you don't like, I don't give a fuck about your opinion. That's just me. I just don't care. You opted not to participate in the system. Why should I care about how you feel? You can listen to me. I can fuss. I can complain because I go, I participate in this. I participated in the system. The system is still fucked up, but I'm going to continue to participate in the system so I can be angry and I can be pissed and I can demand more and I can, can hold people accountable. 
But if you don't participate in the system, what are you complaining about? Because when you don't participate in the system, you know what you're saying? Whatever happens, happens, and I will happily live with the consequences. That's, to me, that's what you're saying. Or unhappily live with the consequences, but we live in what on? Right. And I have to I have to live with the repercussions and the consequences of you not participating in the system. So I have the right to look at your ass and say, bitch, you're the goddamn problem. Uh, for those of us who play very close attention, it really isn't complicated. A, a relative handful more Dems show up to vote in 2000, 2004, 2016 would have made the difference between night and fucking day as far as progress is concerned. Yeah, and the other thing I want to add about that is what happens is they go, it's the politician's fault. They didn't make me feel inspired enough. And I'm like, you don't feel inspired enough by the consequences we're living through of not taking an active role in our democracy? That's not inspiration. What what do you need? What do you What need? more do you fucking need? Because honestly, like every goal that you have is a goal that could be accomplished by having more Democrats. It's never gonna be accomplished by having less. Agreed. And and, and like and they math makes if your if your thing is like, well, they don't always go as far left as I would like them to, one of the ways to do to make them go more left is to show them the country demands more left right. by voting. If we when we vote as as a unit to say hey this is a referendum on these topics we typically get things closer to what we want rather than this when we don't vote it'll work out in america these elections are unbelievably tight and that's not going to change anytime soon we're trying oh that's another thing too like when zinzi writes in about you know like i'm in nigeria blah blah, blah and like i didn't know you looked at america this way i'm black in america i only can look at it this way Okay, these motherfuckers, this the 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 propaganda that America sends out is not what America is. It right. is not the land of the free. It is not it's not any of those things. Mm-mm. It is an imperialistic organization, it's a capitalistic construct. It is it is founded on slavery and genocide. Yes, it, it is. Everything we say is a lie. So I don't since I don't believe in it, the most sober minded thing I can do is try to mitigate it or change it. But I I don't think maybe it would feel that way to you, but it would not I would not feel like a hero hopping on this podcast telling you I didn't vote. So it ain't my problem. It ain't my fault. I didn't vote for this. I That doesn't feel like uh, like I said, I think I've said it enough, which is it's, it's just watching a, a fucking car crash hit somebody and being like, I didn't try to push you out the way. So I don't know why you looking at me like, well, you let me get by a car. Right, and, and also, and, uh, 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 not to kind of get off topic, but I think for me, I can't speak for anybody else, a lot of the optimism that I had and a lot of the, the feelings that I had about this country after we literally had the greatest president of my lifetime and, and truthfully the greatest president in all time in Barack Obama, and people turn around and they voted this shit show Trump in office, all my optimism broke for that. Like, 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 like the person, like all that, it broke for me. It literally, it literally broke because the reality of things set in. The, the, the reality of how my fellow citizens and how people around me feel, you know, 
and I was very angry and upset and bitter for a very, very long time. And I'm, you know, within the past few years, just recently kind of getting to a place where the anger isn't still as intense as it was. So for me, mm -mm, I, 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 I don't have that optimism. My optimism and my hope comes with changing the system itself, not hoping and praying that my fellow citizens will some way find the light within themselves to give a fuck about their fellow citizens. Here in this country, shit doesn't change without laws. And then not only do you have to have laws you have to have people in place that would enforce the fucking laws because what's the point of the laws when people say fuck them laws and then nobody can come in and fucking make them do the laws like i just don't think people understand just because like some popular opinion poll says you know 60 percent of people say we should legalize marijuana if 60 percent of people say that but only 20 percent of that 60 percent vote right then that means there's more of them than us and i don't think enough people have considered there might be more people who are conservative and bigoted and all those things you scared of there might be more of them than us and definitely more of them than us that are willing to like pull that lever mm -hmm. and just push closer to what they want uh, with Trump and the GOP posing an existential threat to everything good in America, we need every damn vote we can get. It's that simple. When people threaten not to vote, it's like they're gaslighting the rest of us in the cruelest way possible. Yeah, especially when they say they're not going to vote because they're more of a liberal person than you. It's like, nah, well, now you're just insulting me. I don't believe that. Right. Staying home on election day doesn't get you shit. If you allow, it only allows fascists to win, period, full stop. We've seen it with our own eyes multiple times. In recent memory, this is why some of us get really pissed at even the suggestion that not voting is somehow a righteous act. It's not. It's just potentially throwing black people, women, transgender people, Muslims, etc. under the bus for more some performative nonsense. Right. I appreciate the respectful way you treated that email. No shade at the person who submitted it. Honestly, I get where they're coming from. I really do. But I wanted to chime in because I think people often overlook just how close the elections have been for the past 23 years and how heartbreaking, demoralizing, and PTSD-inducing these losses have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and I... Yeah, I'm glad you appreciate that because I don't want to go on a voting screed and yell at these people because I don't think it's helping. I really don't. And I think if you write in earnestly with a question, I'm going to try to hit you up earnestly with a response that's not about shading you or yelling at you or getting upset, even as triggering as that shit is. It is very triggering for me when people just talk about not voting in this casual way like, yeah, and uh, we'll be okay either way. I'm like, I don't know who we is, but we won't. No, we, we like we won't. we're barely okay when we do vote. <laughs> I don't know why you think we could keep fucking around, but I guess you do. Right. Um, and 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 the same people a lot of times, like you said, and we said this before, but the same people that feel passionate about not voting, I feel passionate the other way. Yeah, and like you say, my feelings for being passionate is is complete. And where I where we live, it won't be okay. Right. I don't know how to tell you this. Maybe where you live, it will. Like I said, people live in New York City. They've had essentially Democrats that are Republican mayors my whole fucking life. No one likes them. But for the most part, they seem to be okay. You know, even when they do like stop and frisk, that's not enough for people to be like, the next motherfucker is going to be liberal as fuck. Like even shit like that, people still go, I might not vote in the primary. I don't know how. I don't know what they've been through. I can't speak for their city and the people that live there. Mm -hmm. But they've reached a different conclusion about voting than I have. If I'm against the wire on some shit like that, if the difference between who's in charge is them slamming innocent black people up against the wall and frisking them and arresting motherfuckers for broken windows and, and marrow, I would, I, you wouldn't be able to tell, you wouldn't be able to make me not want to vote. You, There's nothing you'd be able to do to me. But 
I, you know, I listen to podcasts with people from New York during that time period and after that time period. That their relationship with voting is different than mine, and especially yes. the national vote. But even locally, in a city that people fucking Republicans think is the most liberal, they hate this city, the big East Coast. Well, that city's not that fucking liberal. No, it's not. So what are you even talking about? You know, you talk about like a Chicago where they try to shit on Chicago all the time. It's so liberal. Look what the liberals have got. Ask the black people that live there if they find it to be so liberal. Correct. Ask them about all the fucking gun laws and restrictions that are passed that sound don't really sound like liberal shit necessarily. Locking up the the the, the black ops depart police department building and shit like it's not. Anyway, I'm ranting. Um, with so much loss because a tiny margin of voters refuse to show up in election day, here we are. The same people threatening to do it again. Uh, on a completely unrelated note, Rod, now that you are a stoner, check out Lenny Kravitz's first album, Let Love Rule. Next time you are good and stoned. It re- it's really more of an old school soul R&B funk thing than rock and one of the true masterpieces of the early 90s. Even as a non-rock guy, I think you might dig it. All right, I'll put it on my list. I'm going to do that. I'm throwing my headphones, hop on title. And uh, eat me uh, some pieces of a brownie, and we're going to go to town, buddy. The grooves and the bass lines, both of which Kravis played himself, are really tasty. I think the obvious next step for TJ Holmes and Amy Robach and their exes is for Bravo to make them all live in a house together for a dating reality show. Cheers. Stay safe, John. Thank you. That's hilarious. Mandy writes in about Lindy, about Lindy Kravis. And Mandy... <laughs> Randy continues... Sorry. Randy continues to write in. But Mandy sometimes be having the hottest takes. <laughs> and, and, and we don't often we don't often agree. But and then she never writes in to address the hot take. Nope. She just waits like six weeks and then writes another one. So I'm clicking on this, I'm reading it with an open mind. But I'm a little scared, Mandy. I'm not gonna lie. I see your name show up. I'm like, damn, Mandy, do you even like us? Do you like our show? <laughs> All right. Mandy says, Dear Rod and Karen, I got to thinking, I got to thinking in comments Len, Lenny Kravis made about his relationship with black media and black award shows, but I hate to say this, he shouldn't have clarified his comments. Where's the lie? Black award shows have had white artists on their platforms like Jack Harlow at the BET Awards and Kid Rock, and I always wonder why not showcase non-urban black artists such as Mr. Kravis, but you and Karen did a great job breaking down the checker history of black artists and gatekeepers on both sides, and I thank you for that. Okay, Mandy, we off to a good start. I like that. I appreciate that. Now, personally, I'm never going to tell somebody they shouldn't clarify their comments because I think clarity is always good. So, so you get a better understanding. If he of felt they, like yeah. what he said originally was taken, which was said in a white publication, translated through white folks, if he said, hold on, let me put out an Instagram comment so y'all see what I really mean, I respect that even more because I think that that really shows that he cares. Because I think if he was the person that a lot of those original responses made him out to be like this, he's a white loving coon that hates black people. His 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 clarification would be like, I said what I said, suck my dick, black people ain't shit. He didn't do that. He's like, man, I just want to show love and be loved. And I agree. Quick question. Mm-hmm. May sound stupid to you, but do you think, or may sound stupid, but do you think if Lenny Kravitz uses famous mother's last name, black people media and awards will be more accepting of him since he was on a famous black show that she was on a famous black show that black people grew up watching 
I'm not saying that he should have relied on nepotism and that should give him an automatic black famous card to black media and awards. But like if black media awards wanted to pay tribute to his mother and wanted to know more about her life and her impact, he's the guy to go to just a thought. Uh, and she said, I just wanted to add the reason why I suggested I asked the question in my previous email is because if black people feel like Lenny Kravitz is playing white music and has nothing to do with black culture, maybe knowing his famous mother's last name and how he's in tune with his Bahamian roots might uh, like magnify it with black people more, if that makes sense. Um, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't be honest. I don't know. I think a lot of this shit is ignorance. Yeah. When you see like, oh, he got a guitar. He not doing this for black people a lot of that comes from a place of ignorance distrust uh things trauma passed down in our community it's never fair it's never really 100 percent logical even a response to him and the, the immediate response to him and how people were trying to dismiss what he said is like see i told you he wasn't shit it feels like a defense mechanism and not necessarily a uh truly thought out like i'm responding to his position and what was said so I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't. I, I'm not sure, to be honest. Care anything? No. Mm, mm, I don't know. I don't know if it would make a difference. I think that for a not everybody, but for a percentage of the black community, once you quote unquote pick up a guitar and once you quote unquote stop playing that white people shit, which is not a true statement, but that's how a lot of us look at it because that's how a lot of us was raised up it is a complete turnoff it wouldn't matter if he used his mama's yeah. name or not like if he was lenny roker i don't know that people are like okay that's a now that being said not to be funny but i am kind of being funny if her last name was like jackson <laughs> oh then Lady maybe jackson okay certain black last names do a lot of heavy lifting so I don't know. If it's been like Lenny Washington, people might have been like, oh, I don't know. We Lenny need, Jefferson, uh, we, we need we, to hear this brother out. We uh, might can work with that. Maybe it's that simple, but I don't know. I, I imagine it's some combination of white gatekeepers, black grievance, and mm -hmm. miscommunication. Yeah, among all and the collection of things. I hope, honestly, I hope on both sides, right? I hope it's a alert to black media. Any of these black people you think don't care about black folks and black publications. I hope you reach out to them, you know, and I hope for black uh, talent, if you have handlers and agents and all that shit, I hope you, and they white, Jewish, whatever, like not black person it is, hope you reach out to them and go, hey, it is very important to me that I do the interview with Essence or Ebony or mm -hmm. what, like that is important to me as a black artist. Yeah. I don't want to hear that you turning them down. And I don't want to your team. When right? I'm on a red carpet, don't brush, don't usher me away from the black folks. You know, I loved that period of time when you see like Sterling K. Brown stopping, making sure I'm talking to these black people before I leave. That matters a lot to us. And it's such a little thing, but it, it's a huge thing. So mm -hmm. last one. Shardai says, Hey, Rod and Karen. I'm Agent19 on Twitter. I am Shardai. I've been listening to y'all since 2016. I met a listener in the wild. I'm a teacher. So before and after school, I may listen to the show on speaker. She heard Rod talking and asked about it. She had been listening to you on Karen Hunter. She talked about how much she liked you on the show. Oh, oh 
Listen, Karen Hunter. Two worlds, two worlds colliding. Black Karens love me. Yeah, That's you my, did. I do. I'm big in that demographic. Uh, but also, like, Karen Hunter's audience uh, has been so, like, giving and kind and fun. Oh, they're the best. And uh, I really do. And Karen Hunter herself has mm-hmm. been very giving and kind and fun uh, on her show. And, uh, you know, I'm damn near a staple at this point. I pop up almost every Friday. And I, I make the time, man, because it's fun. And, um, man, it's just good vibes. And, uh, f- and and like I said, the audience is so dope. And uh, she has a much wider reach than even I knew because people, like, uh, there was somebody that uh, from my high school that found me on Facebook and friended me to be like, I heard you on Karen Hunter. And I was like, oh, damn. Wow. Um, I wanted y'all to know that I became premium back in 2019 and never looked back. I need you to chill out on the guest shows you two are on because my podcast list is so long. Just kidding. <laughs> I love it. I now listen to the War Report, Marvel Cinematic University, Woo-hoo! Three Guys On, and Karen Hunter to name a few. Let's go. This show and all the other shows that helped me so much through the pandemic, having a complicated twin pregnancy and not having many friends where I live. Karen, I too am a cozy gamer. Thank you for the recommendations. I have a running list of ones to try. You know what's good during Cozy Gaming? Podcasting. Listening to podcasts. It, 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 it really is. Yeah, while, 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 while you farming or or uh, chopping down trees or going through the mines or fucking plucking flowers, you know. Or, or power washing. Yeah, power washing. I feel like power washing is a cozy game. It is. It's a very cozy game. I keep keep the banner. I love hearing y'all talk about regular random stuff. Lastly, Rod, would you happen to have a playlist of instrumental songs you play on the show? I want to play them in my classroom. They are all bops. I don't because these are ones that were emailed to us and sent to us. Now, you can find these artists on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Uh, Felt 5. Bro Bro Cooked That Up, which is my brother. Um, uh, uh, psycho music, psycho music, and um, fi- Ugh, I don't, I don't want to draw a blank. Hold on, give me a second, everybody. Infrared crypto, mm-hmm. Whew, that's a major one. Uh, DJ Jaffa, I don't know which is DJ J A F F A. I don't know if he puts his instrumentals on Spotify or not, know. but he also sent us a ton. Mm-hmm. So if you make a list of those artists, you will get a lot of the, the beats and some new ones yes. and new songs. So check it out. Um, love you too, Agent Nineteen. Thank you. Thank you. And we got one card in the mail this week. Uh, and I'm gonna mail y'all's cards out next week. Um, mm-hmm. so limited amount of time. You better get in. This one has a Christmas tree on it, and if you can turn to the side and see, these are actual like little ornament pop up things. Ooh. And Something from, else for me to hold on to forever. Mike B and Debbie O. Now the card writing says, "Wishing you a Merry Christmas, Happy Year, everything." The personal note is, Rod and Karen, thank you for everything you have done to create a great community in the Blackout Tips. Mike B and Debbie O. Thank you. <gasps> oh, and thank you for this card. And uh, that's it. We made it in just under three hours. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. We'll do a doing it for the gram during one of the regular episodes this week. Uh, thank you for everyone with your kind, thoughtful, empathetic uh, writings, emails, voicemails. I love our audience. This is why we'll sit up here for three hours on a Saturday yes. when Karen has to get her hair done. So we got to go. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, until then, I love you. I love you too. Mwah. Mwah.